0: And we do this in a very easy way. What we do is when you produce vaccines, it's called a batch. It's like five liters of vaccine. You take out a tiny Similar sample. To AI, you
1: know, you have a batch in AI as well. Exactly. Yeah.
0: We're coming to the AI in it. Yeah, yeah. So basically you take out a small sample from the batch. Then we use a very advanced form of microscopy. It's called electron microscopy. So we magnify up to 100,000 times and we see the tiny particles. And here we come to the, to the magic. Mm-hmm. Then, what we have developed is an image analysis software. So, basically, we extract information from thousands of images and we find particles, we count them, we measure their size, we look if there's aggregation, broken particles. And one of the main things to look at are the particles empty or full? In this yeah. case, they need to be full with a piece of genetic material that we're going to insert. Into the patient and create immune response.
1: And how can you see that? Can you see that from the image itself, that it's actually empty or full? Or? Yeah, so if you take out a tiny, tiny sample, that's thousands of virus particles. So, so when you
0: magnify and, and look at it, it's like Google Maps looking at Sweden and looking yeah. for a cat, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And then we can find there are many cats in Sweden, like 10,000, 100,000. Mm-hmm. It's the same with virus particles, it's full of virus particles. Mm-hmm so my work as a researcher was actually to count them manually <laughs> that was called oh, a so phd
2: <laughs>
0: so see you had these su- <laughs> super huge
1: images and, and you assumed in on them and counted the number of particles and
0: yeah exactly so the problem with the, having the data in the form of images yeah. is that they're open to interpretation it's more like religion Subjective, or yeah. very so what the <coughs> computer science or image analysis software provides is the um uh, objectivity the specificity and above all, the the possibility to count thousands and thousands of particle, extracting the information, and then you can have the statistics and compile it into report. Mm-hmm. I'm simplifying it now,
3: no? <laughs> as you know. <laughs> and and if if we talk about uh, the whole uh, pandemic, and mm-hmm. and could you tell us the a little bit behind the scenes story? Uh, yeah. w- what happens? H- how does it work? When you when do you get into the process, or how how does that all go about?
2: Yeah.
0: So it's actually fascinating how fast we managed to develop vaccines against a new new virus. So I wouldn't say there are any new viruses because viruses, they're they around. But the problem is with the jump from an animal source to humans. So this is the case with the COVID. Before it was swine flu, bird flu, had MERS from camels to, to humans in Saudi Arabia, and then now uh, SARS from um,
1: uh, so bats. I think that's sure. what you just said is interesting and, and mm-hmm. news for me at least. So there isn't really new vir- viruses being developed that often. It's usually just jumping from species and then. Yeah,
0: they, they are around.
1: Yeah. And, but, you know, there
0: are some viruses that are clever that have been around for a long time. For example, yeah. my, my, I started with herpes viruses. Yeah. Fascinating <laughs> creatures. <laughs> People Make, love it. So yeah, it. <laughs> you, you kiss and hug and they spread. <laughs> but above all, they don't cause severe disease and death among us they, they live with us like a symbiosis so that's a clever virus so a virus basically the the meaning of life for a virus is to reproduce right basically like humans and animals yeah, what's the difference exactly <laughs> but what they do they infect us and then they use our cells as factories to produce more virus that's basically what they do but if they do that and they coexist with us then we don't get sick mm. we don't die we don't even develop disease so for herpes, for example, you just get blisters mm. when it's sunny or you're stressed. Or I shouldn't talk too much about <laughs> herpes because then I get a lot of questions. <laughs> but basically, so so that's a clever virus. Then there are stupid viruses that kill us, like Ebola. Uh, if you if, if you get Ebola and your your nose start to bleed, yeah. it's virus production. Yeah. If, if you get a common cold like in your ear or your nose or your throat, that's virus production taking place. Right. Causing a symptom.
3: And and if we go into COVID now, can we elaborate a little bit like so this is yeah. coming from the animal kingdom, but but could you sort of educate us a little bit about what what okay. what is this virus all about? Yeah. So so there are some revolutions going on in science, not only
0: artificial intelligence. For example, gene editing. So when a new virus <laughs> pops up, we can sequence it very fast. It in, in a matter of days, they sequence the, the genome of the virus.
1: Is that by using like the crisp editing tool or exactly crisp editing and also just sequencing.
0: There are many ways of sequencing things, many machines and you can, so, so in
3: this particular, when we got COVID, how, how many days until we had actually a a sequence on it?
0: I think it's just a week, seven or eight, 10 days, uh, because, you know, you need to make sure that it's the right strain and, and, you know, you need a human strain uh, from a few patients to, to, to be sure. And with that, if you, if you have a genome sequence and Another revolution is then it's called gene therapy to insert a gene into a patient that lacks that patient and cure disease. And if we look at Nobel prizes as a good credibility, that a new technology is good. So we had 2017 for microscopy, the technique we work, we work with 2018 uh, curing cancer with gene therapy, like lung cancer, skin cancer, amazing um, things. So with the, with the sequence, we, Manufactured sequences of the genome is called RNA. So basically, usually it's DNA, but RNA is even better. But
1: before you go to RNA and DNA, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> the sequence, there are many different sequences, right? Yes. Yeah. You have the DNA sequence and you have uh, amino acid sequences and etc Yeah. What type of sequences are we talking about right now? So, so, DNA, that's the first.
0: Yeah. Deoxyrubin nuclease. So you yes. can dominate in discussions <laughs> after this. We'll never be anyway. And from DNA, that's the code. And when you read it, you put together a chain of amino acids yeah. then you're creating a protein and a protein is a building block of something but dna turns into rna before you put mm-hmm. together the amino acids
3: uh, you lost me at the rna okay good <laughs> okay <laughs> what's, so that, the, what's the jump from dna to rna what, yeah. what is that all about yeah
0: so so, so <laughs> dna is the template to make rna and from rna rna is the template to make the amino acid chain mm. and an amino acid chain a polymer of amino acids that's a protein, mm. and a protein can be small or big, but a protein is usually a building block okay. in the body or in in anything in the body. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, a, a unit of life. So, so
3: if I so how do how do I really understand the difference between DNA and RNA? Template over template. You uh, explained it, but yeah, it's like if you have uh, so DNA is just four little
0: letters A T C G, mm. and if you put four together, it's called a codon and that's a template for one amino acid okay and then you can build build on that Yeah. yeah so if you find a new virus you sequence it then you can you know try to make one of the proteins from that virus I usually, choose.
1: You just said you know, s- we just sequence it. I mean, yeah, you, <laughs> yeah it sounds I mean, so simple, guess, isn't it? <laughs> but you can't really, you know, I, I guess you can't really extract the full sequence in advance. You have to sequence some samples of it in some way and then put it together, right? Yeah, exactly. You take out a sample from a patient,
0: you isolate it, you purify it. This is people in white coats yes. doing magic. <laughs> they get it out, they have a magic machine, they put it in, they get out a sequence on the computer. Mm. Still magic. So
3: there's still a process here.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Absolutely. is, this is, a, this is, uh, High tech, very high tech, extremely high tech. But this also, it's like if if you compare with computer science, if you see the computer power today or how much data we can store, or or the how quickly we can uh, you know do calculations today, it's the same with sequencing. We sequence sequence the whole human genome around 2000, and now 2020, you know, we can sequence any any person's uh, sequence. They did the first time I took it probably took a year or two or three. <laughs> now you can sequence a
1: whole human genome. And why, by... why does it go so much faster now? Is it because you have faster computing power or is it because you have better algorithms to actually do the sequencing or what is the, the reason behind this? And, and, and hardware, how to do the sequencing itself.
4: But and also science behind them. Yeah. Of course, the CRISPR revolution.
3: Yeah, the CRISPR, yeah. Mm. So a little bit back to the story now. So, mm-hmm. so we went down a rabbit hole now, but I think it's good to sort of set a little bit of. Uh, You're digging uh, deep here. Yeah, and <laughs> and this is education. We love it. Genetics, but so this is. But if we relate back to the sort of COVID story, chronological story, mm-hmm. you know, what happened? Uh, okay, the sequence. They had a sequence in a week. Yeah, and what happens next on, to, to the path to a vaccine?
0: So the good things here with the pandemic is that everybody knows a little bit about viruses, vaccines and, and how it goes, but not on this level, not on this. level. Okay, but let's try to simplify it. So you, you sequence it, then, you know, the book, the instruction manual, how to build that virus. Okay. Then we're going to pick something that the human body, the immune system can recognize. So usually they pick what's on around the virus. The virus is a circle thing, like Mm -hmm. a soccer ball. Then it usually has some uh, things on its surface. So you pick one of the surface proteins and in the case of coronavirus COVID easy; it's just one. So you pick that protein and the sequence for it, you produce MRNA, you put it into an empty virus capsid that you produce. We can manufacture virus particles now, mm-hmm. then you put the MRNA into that virus particle, and that's what you inject.
3: And now we use the word mRNA. MRNA, MRNA, yeah. mRNA.
0: let's call it just genetic material. It's easier okay so there are two types of genetic material so if you have a cell you have a a a core Mm -hmm. that's where you have dna Mm -hmm. when the dna is translated into proteins it goes out to inside the cell outside the the nucleus Mm -hmm. then becomes a protein and then it can go out of the cell or sit on the surface. So when
3: you were talking about mRNA, we are on sort of on, on the next, nu- the nucleus is the DNA and RNA, RNA and all that kind of stuff. And then when we put that into the meta, yes. uh, uh, I don't know what's what the so right let, word. So let's say are.
0: There, are, uh, there are two types of viruses, RNA viruses and DNA viruses. DNA mm. viruses are more advanced. RNA viruses are simpler. Uh, an RNA virus don't need to go into the nucleus of the cell. They just go through a cell membrane. They put in some RNA. And the cell starts to produce the building blocks.
3: Yeah. So the, you basically, you, you fool the, the the cell to take over and start producing, reproduce the virus rather than doing what it should be doing. When this ends, you're going to have a master
0: in biology. Well, I need this. <laughs> I need I, I don't know need if that. I'm accredited to give it, but... <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, no. Could, we, could we get that on paper? Yeah, yeah please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we could illustrate this to make it educational. Yeah. yeah. If you go f- yeah. through yeah. this, which is actually... If you
1: put it, you know, so... You-
3: I guess
0: there are a lot of mathematicians listening to this. So, this <laughs> is a, na- uh, a, a wonder of nature. Yeah. The, the geometrical form is called icosahedron. Oh, so it's like pentamers say. and hexamers with uh, the laws of nature forming this icosahedron with the lowest amount of energy possible. Mm. And the building blocks that's the proteins so the proteins form hexamers and pentamers and they form the icosa heater is that enough I mathematics
1: how many surfaces does an icosa heater have yeah that's the question for the, the listeners what do they win <laughs> yeah yeah. <T-shirt? laughs> okay okay
3: if we have anyone on how many
0: surfaces on an icosa heater? how many pentamers how many uh, hexamers
1: Yeah, those are easy i think but yeah okay but do you okay let's know, not go but, there mm. interesting so mm-hmm. back to this, I, I mean, like, okay. So, but just to show the picture,
0: if, if this is just a capsid it's called a capsid, mm-hmm. this is what you fill with a piece of genetic material.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And this is, it's called gene therapy. We can now, we master how to produce virus particles and we can insert a piece of genome that someone lacks. You've heard yes. about hereditary diseases. Mm-hmm. You lack mm-hmm. a certain gene. So we can give that patient the gene they lack. And there are many companies like spark, mm-hmm. they managed to cure Hereditary blindness, for example, it's like science fiction, You've probably yeah, seen yeah. it on YouTube, they get the, the, the shot and they take out, and they start to see yeah. it's like magic
1: science fiction, but, but you in, enter that into a single like cell or, or how can that spread out yeah. through the body? And- yeah. So you produce, you manufacture thousands of
0: particles like this. This is like producing vaccines that we were yeah. talking about. A vaccine is just you're manufacturing viruses, yeah. but you have yeah. <clears throat> made those viruses a little bit handicapped. So that they don't cause disease or or death mm. okay so basically you use this aav so that's adenovirus. that's a virus particle that's a virus particle and then very you can fill one. it very mm.
4: common one this is the yeah. most common one and yeah. they're not associated with virus
0: yeah and this one is used in, in it's called in, uh, gene therapy yeah and the revolution has really been in gene therapy but when the pandemic started we used the tools from gene therapy to make mrna vaccines basically right using this virus particle, mm-hmm. putting in a short piece of mRNA from the COVID that mm-hmm. we had sequenced, and that was the mRNA vaccine. So you heard Moderna Therapeutics. Sounds very simple. It,
2: it
3: is. <laughs> but like I guess it, no, I don't think but it but is. Th- this <laughs> is essentially what uh, Moderna did. Yeah, yeah, I only studied 20 years to, <laughs> to do this. So. And did you, were you working with several of the companies or mainly yeah. one of the uh, mm pharmaceutical companies in this uh, from your point of view
0: so we have a 15 of the 20 major pharmaceuticals as recurrent customers we also work with a lot of SMEs that are very very specialized and the world leaders in gene therapy very good uh, companies coming straight out of top universities Mm -hmm. they are niche players some have viral vectors Mm -hmm. some know how to manufacture them some are good at putting in the mRNA into them Mm -hmm. And we have a history of working with something called drug delivery before putting in genes we were using this similar technology to de- deliver drugs into patients for example if you have cancer cancer comes in many forms different cell types maybe you want to target just that specific cancer cell and kill it That's so like me- me- melanoma for instance yeah so then you just want to target those kind of cells mm-hmm. and that's called drug delivery
3: and then it similar things is um, gene therapy so you could basically so you have over the time then you, you did something you've been working on it there and you could apply <coughs> that technology and that approach to gene therapy yes yeah, so
0: <clears throat> this is not a, the first pandemic <laughs> <laughs> so we, we worked a lot with influenza virus that's mm. our background we, we have developed drugs against viruses we worked with all the manufacturers developing influenza virus vaccines and you remember there were some problems there
3: yeah, And, and, and uh, when you look back yeah. at the, at, at this, uh, or maybe think about this, like in, in 10 years time or in 20 mm-hmm. years time, when you, when you look back at, at, um, this as, as, as an, as an event, how would you summarize what your key contribution was to sort of, to, to get to the right vaccines and where we are today to sort of get back to normal? Well, I,
0: I cannot take all the credit for that. No, but no, no I, but I think what's really, really wonderful is it shows a lot about the how the scientific discoveries of today or very recent one have been applied so fast. Mm. And, and I think the problem is not only the science is that a regulatory framework. Mm. In order to produce a drug, it usually takes like ten, fifteen years and costs one to two billion dollars.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what we did with COVID, we developed a,
3: a vaccine within. Two months, six weeks,
4: forty-two days. Yeah. Actually, yeah. So yeah,
3: forty-two, 42 days, days, but then of course you have all the trials and all that kind of stuff. So and, and
0: what th- that's usually the big hurdle is the trials. Yeah. It's like clinical trials. You yes. go through like it's called preclinical phase one, phase two, two, three, and manufa- manufacturing is actually a big issue here.
3: I ramp up the ramp up the production. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the
0: bottleneck to to do the. For, there are too many hurdles, of course. <laughs> First of all, this has cost a lot of money. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: you know, so these modern vaccines are really, really expensive. And we should be very proud about AstraZeneca, who, who you know, they are the ones who who very early said, we're going to do this non-profit. Oh, uh, it's just very recently that they changed to, you know, mm-hmm. charging, especially Europe, because they complained so much. <laughs> 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 but Sweden or AstraZeneca is really contributing to vaccinating the, the whole global population, not only the rich or Europe and US, but the global population through WHO. I think that's important too.
1: But I guess, you know, I'm asking too many questions now because you're moving to so interesting topics, but we should do right. a proper introduction well, We, we soon. need to do a, t- a <laughs> <But> proper <laughs> introduction. Let, no, little just more, just a little bit, bit more, a little bit more. This is so fun.
3: This is so fun. <laughs>
1: But that's so a, so this again, is all about I'm biology. We're when when never we coming to
3: artificial <laughs> intelligence. <laughs> but, I, but I think this is the key topic, right? Yeah. AI on its own is worth nothing. Mm. You need to have the fundamental first principles, ideas. You have to have the business problem, mm. the medical problem, and then understanding how they infuse. So for me now to go nuts on the real business mm. problem yeah. and then understanding how AI r- relates, I think it's core. And I think yeah. that's sort of missing the point if you're not deep on the on the the fundamental problem you're trying to solve so I love it
1: so back to the question uh, to AstraZeneca's you know, point and um, they delivered or did created the vaccine in a bit different way than Moderna yeah. etc yeah. right what, what was really the difference so they picked it up from a university in the UK
2: mm.
0: so that's usually where the discoveries and innovation come from universities scientists and then they start to commercialize it. Mm-hmm. Moderna, they picked it up from BioNTech, a German okay. company. So but you need that big machinery because it costs so much, you need a lot of resources to, to develop it, manufacture it, and get it out on the market. Right. And actually back. Mm-hmm. So the only problem here is the politics. Mm-hmm. So how to combat COVID, it was too much politics and <laughs> too little <laughs> medicine. That, that's the problem. If you look at China, how they did they, they just closed down the country doesn't really work here in Europe yeah. but some countries applied it not Sweden so that's not medicine that's something else yeah you cannot really uh
1: escape from a virus but but they didn't do an mRNA vaccine right in no, all of them are using the same the, the the nice picture here the
0: aab okay virus particle filling mm-hmm. it with something and, and um, administering it then mm-hmm. there are the traditional like old school vaccines mm-hmm. so actually vaccines that was not a big business until uh, this pandemic it's actually Mm -hmm. India India is the major producer of vaccines in the world it's serum Institute of India in Pune owned by a very nice guy very clever guy and um that that's a high volume low cost business model I know you're the businessman here (laughs) it's a high volume low cost so we're vaccinating the whole world yeah Uh, it's it's fascinating no children used to die from childbirth and you know other things now we're vaccinating the whole the whole world but that's traditional vaccines Mm -hmm. what we're talking about is these modern mRNA vaccines coming out of this new technology the gene therapy and that in 42 days they managed to not only develop it but also manufacture it and deliver it that's fantastic on prototype stage of course yeah uh, it requires a lot of money a lot of skills mm -hmm. and a lot of logistics to do this and the thing we haven't touched upon is the regulatory framework, right. and this is something from from a company perspective as well. You know, uh, patient safety is, is of course basically is the government's yes. you know, problem, <laughs> and it's only the government who can decide about uh, approving a vaccine for emergency use. Because this is what we have done.
3: Yes, we to, have go approved, to, to um, cut the red tape.
0: Exactly. I told you, take ten to fifteen years and cost ten to twenty uh, billion Swedish. Well, it still costed them one to two billion probably to develop it and get it out, but they did it in 42 days and others now are still working on it. Uh, then you have to, you know, the, the regulatory framework, the quality assurance, how effective they are. Well, we, we did some quick tests no. here. <laughs> and basically our company, Varinova, what we work with is the quality control of these vaccines and products. And uh, this is the hurdle when it comes to drug development today, it's very costly. It takes a lot of time and there's, it's, this is because of the patient safety and the regulatory framework around it. Would
1: that be a good segue
3: perhaps I, to I what think Viranova? This is, yeah, I think, I think this is the segue to, I mean, like this was the, you know, two minute introduction, you know, having, <laughs> yeah. a, having a hook to to get started in a cool way. And it's so fascinating. So it, two minutes, five minutes turn into 20 minutes, but, but let's really do the proper introduction. Okay. So today we have the CEO uh, from uh, Viranova. And Mohammed and we have uh, Mats, uh, old friend of mine, an old colleague of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's old friend sto- of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I, I think we should start there. You know, how the hell did you two guys meet, and what's the starting point for this journey? I guess on uh, we go down to five five years old or something should, like that. Should we
4: go back kindergarten? Back? Yeah, then then we go back to kindergarten. We are three or four years old. I actually do not know. We're three or four. That's where <laughs> we started back in Fiskzeta.
3: So two two Fiskzeta boys in kindergarten. We have today as yeah. guests. That's uh, where we.
0: Start. This is the Maradona of Fiskzeta, the best <laughs> soccer player ever. We have a few yeah second and third
4: i think we have some <laughs> bias there we should <laughs> talk about data and ai but thank yeah. you for for promoting and but we continued a road has been going together until we went to the secondary school then we took separate ways you yeah. we went for medicine I went for soccer. Yeah. That's no right. Business. Uh, yeah, business. Business, business in soccer. Well, and soccer. As well in guitar and so forth. And yeah. Uh, and then actually my road crossed your road before I came back to you Mark. Yeah,
3: yeah. So me and Matt has worked together at Pro Sales. Yeah. And then you work with me for some time in Vattenfall as well. Yeah,
4: exactly. We've been managing <laughs> consultants uh, yeah, both. Yeah, we've been consultants and we and I've been externally. you
3: I've been your customer and stuff like this. Yeah. yeah. Good fun, but, mm. but maybe a little bit back to you, you Muhammad. So like, yep. um, so what's, what's the starting point here? Sort of that takes you to, you if we can yeah. do that now, maybe not in 20 minutes, but in, okay. in 10, 10, 10, minutes. five, yeah. 10 That's, minutes. maybe. So I'm
0: actually a scientist, as I said before, uh, disguised in a suit. So it goes back to, I, I love science. I have a passion for viruses. I started in chemistry at Uppsala university. Then I went to, into biology. Still, Uppsala University, and then I went to the Karolinska Institute here in Stockholm, and I uh, did medical research for like ten years, focusing on viruses. So I started with uh, drug development, trying to combat virus infections, both with you know diagnostic tools, but basically it was to use my chemistry and biology combined to develop molecules as medicines against viruses. The strategy that I had was to disrupt the virus particle. Now we have talked about this icosahedron. Yes, we have this competition going on how many sides but so basically the strategy was to disrupt the virus particle to break it down that was the way to cure us from from virus infections and um, my research the data i generated was in the form of images because i was using electron microscopy to look at these virus particles to actually look if i managed to disrupt them basically you, you culture cells uh, you infect them with virus then you add your compound to, pharmaceutical to be Mm. and then what i did during my phd was just taking pictures and then i sat with these uh, pens with different colors red green and blue i looked for empty particles broken particles and then i was counting them yeah and so it usually took me one week of taking pictures another week of counting particles and the third week i met the professor and you know the head physician and uh, then the problem was this this objectivity and subjectivity
3: but here we have High stakes, high quality, really intelligent people doing very, very tedious yeah. data work. Yes, yes. It, because it's complicated.
0: At this time, when I was using the electron microscope as a very academic tool in the basement of the university, these are things that cost from 10 million to 30, 40 million crowns. It's like flying a, a big plane, a lot of different things that you adjust to calibrate it, to get a good picture. So you need in. to
3: work a... Uh, uh,
0: that was a hard thing (laughs) to calibrate it to find the virus to prepare your samples to put into the machine and then I went into the dark room with you know with the red lights developing my images but at the same time as I was I as I was working on these um, things using these analog machines we started Mm -hmm. the digital I shouldn't say revolution but first came digital cameras Mm
1: -hmm. what year are we speaking about approximately from 2000
0: 2000 on so we had the, the digital cameras the first ones costed like a hundred thousand dollars like a million crowns or two million crowns uh now now there are we are producing one for seventeen i shouldn't have said that because that's not what we sell them for but i mean, <laughs> I mean the, the price difference is huge and, and how much better they are today than before is, is also huge we also started what what the goal of our company has been to automate and digitalize the electron microscope itself to make digital cameras. And we do two types of uh, software. Uh, I'm not Bill Gates, but we try to illustrate this with, we have an operative system that, you know, Mm -hmm. runs the hardware uh, automation, make it user friendly, auto calibration, et cetera, et cetera. And then we have the office package where you handle the data, you generate images, you have to store them, you have to analyze them, extract information from them and compile that into reports with the statistics. And that's the customer value for us. There are a lot of companies, not a lot, sorry, three that make microscopes, but we're the only one who really works with the data. What's actually the information in the images that are creating value. So you had besides the hardware, also the software to be able to work yeah. With the cameras. But let's hold um, hold yeah. on
3: that because from a very
0: egoistic perspective, it was tedious mm. <laughs> to count yeah. particles. But yeah. we,
3: we get into the Verona stuff. But yeah. So you, you you were doing your PhD. Yeah. But, but you're a dropout that went patent in cell. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I blame it on Bill Clinton because <laughs> yeah. I, I filed a patent, I won a prize, I met Bill Clinton and, and Americans, and they they just asked me, so how much does it cost for me to do the analysis with your software? And I was like, what? You're gonna pay me for it?
3: I was paid 7,000 crowns a month, (laughs) but, but but go back a step here because you figure something out and what, what did you patent? Okay. So the first
0: patents was actually a drug. The first drug against the virus was herpes. So we developed a drug that did what I just told you disrupt the virus particle. Mm -hmm. And that was a good thing because the icosahedron, back to the symmetry of these capsids is mathematics. They all look the same. There are eight different herpes viruses, but the capsid look almost the same. See, if you develop one drug against one of these herpes viruses, we found out that it had effect against the other ones. Not not a great effect, I can admit, but an effect. And this was really, really interesting. Because the problem with viruses is once you develop a drug against a virus, they change so much. They change on the surface, like influenza, and they ch- search, um, change in the genome, like HIV, mutations. Mm-hmm. You've heard about mm-hmm. that. But the icosahedron is a conserved structure. It's the wonders of nature. Mm-hmm. These uh, lowest stable. energy to, with the building stable blocks, structure. exactly, stable. very very stable. So if you can bind something between the pentamers and hexamers to destabilize the particle, a fantastic way to develop drugs against viruses. But this is what your patent was. Submitted. That was a, exactly that was the first uh, antiviral against herpes, and then we continued, and we have done the same against influenza virus. Influenza virus is also common knowledge yeah. now. And you H&A
3: were staying H&A. at Karolinska. I mean, like you dropped out maybe of your PhD, but you were staying at yeah, the
0: Karolinska. <laughs> because the, the, the funny thing with, with the research is very similar to business. You you apply for grants and that funds your research. So it's basically you take money and you create knowledge. Now we're on the other side. Now we take knowledge and we're creating money out of
2: it. <laughs> so, but it's very
0: much the same, you know? <laughs> I like that summary actually. Yeah, yeah. So So we were very good at... Getting grants. And actually, when I started the company, I started the company, but I was still at the university.
3: So, Verenova started out of um, Karolinska. History. Karolinska.
0: Yeah. So, my professor in chemistry that I work with, he's still working with us. Mm. He turned uh, 80 last year.
4: John Berman. John Berman.
0: Yeah.
3: Shout out to John
0: Berman. Yeah, he's fantastic. That's uh, one of the most clever people in the world. Definitely, mm-hmm. for sure. And I met a lot of clever people. He's outstanding. Yeah. Awesome. Better than internet. <laughs>
1: better <laughs> yeah. than Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 for sure,
0: for sure. He, he's got the. It's called the Chemistry Bible, which is like German books from nineteen. I don't know what eighteen hundred and fifty something yeah. up until today. But he's still better than these books. And he thinks like internet is, is a new phenomena. There's real <laughs> knowledge is in these books. So. <laughs>
3: Interesting. So, so what what was the starting point and the idea then, like when, when when did you do sort of, oh, we can make a company out of this or this, mm. or maybe even this, uh, let go back to Bill Clinton because mm. someone wanted software. What happened? Yeah, so
0: so the first pattern was, as I said, it was an antiviral compound, but it was also, uh, I, I was collaborating with mathematicians and people working with image analysis. So I had a, a master thesis worker, uh, Martin, mm-hmm. doing his master thesis in mathematics with us. He's now a PhD in artificial intelligence nice. uh, department of mathematics, Royal Institute of technology and Ida Maria. She was doing image anal- analysis. She was a PhD student then she's almost a professor now assistant professor oh, in image analysis. yeah. Couture. And, and they, there were two patents, uh, two separate ones. Actually one was like image analysis tools to look at viruses. And Martin was also doing a similar thing. And I was using this to show the mechanism of action of my drug. So we're three people doing this. And, uh, yeah. And then I, I, published this, no, I didn't publish it. I patented it yeah, yeah, and actually by know. my university paid for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I stayed, <laughs> but when I went out to conferences to present this, then the, the American researchers, they were like, wow, Muhammad, this is good. Like, can, can we use it? Can, can you do this for me on my various particles? And I was like, yeah, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to become a professor because you know, if you do something for another researcher, they put your name on the article. So I was like, "Yeah, this is the way how to become a professor in biology. I'm going to sit and do this, and I'm going to be- become a professor in biology." But then they asked me, "So how much is it?" I was like, "What? yeah, but how much does it cost? Yeah, then I have Moroccan blood.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you go back to be a
0: yeah, I was like, What? this is interesting. You're actually saying that you're going to pay me for this and And I made that joke before, but you know, you're not well paid in research that that's for sure you work. You know 12 hours per day weekends and so but it's because of research it's it's interesting what you do you're you, passionate about yeah, you're, your topic problem your solving yeah. yeah problem solving is still the, the number one passion. motivation yeah yeah definitely definitely but if you can make money out of it even better mm. yeah so that that's why i went with the, with the patents and i was actually encouraged to commercialize my science because at the time it was new First, they, they they forced universities or researchers to communicate with the outside world. That was the first thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tredje right. uppgiften. And then we have something in Sweden called La rundan target, which yes. means if I'm the so. scientist doing an invention, I own it. And actually, my department paid helped me. I'm really thankful for that. They, they paid for Americans the first. Americans that don't
1: have that. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: but what the Americans have that we don't have, or we we're we're now trying to do that is the support system around commercializing science. So when I was a PhD student, we, we had the first like courses in how to patent science, how to write a business plan. And that was, that was nice that they encouraged it. So we were one of the first to, you know, patent it. I owned my own research. Yeah. I started the company.
3: And what, when was um, Vernova founded?
0: Uh, 2005. Hmm. Yeah. And once, once we started the, the funding was actually grants. So we started with uh, you know Almi alone loan. I, I am also thankful to banken mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you, Banken. <laughs> they gave me a loan. I think that person is fired because
2: <laughs>
0: giving a loan of three hundred thousand to a, a researcher—that's probably. But I still like them. And then um, Vinova. know of course. They gave us like ten million to develop the software. Mm. talked about this that's before. A, that's
3: a quite, subst- I mean, like, it's that's interesting. With, we, we know Vox, we have talked about it before. I mean, I mean we have been over on the show. As yeah, we, we have the over, And we sort great. of, is so it good to have many small, small, small loans? Or do we need to have a little bit bigger yeah. ones or bigger grants? All, of them, so, yeah, all okay. of them are good.
0: Yeah, all of them are good. Yeah, yeah. never send no to money. That's yeah. rule number one. <laughs> and what's really good, if you're a researcher, you used to, you know, write a grant. That's actually what I'm going to do this evening. I'm, I'm going to sit and review grant applications for, for a foundation. Ah. And if you cannot write a good application, you you, you, you probably shouldn't do anything at all about <laughs> it. <laughs> Go back to the lab. No, but it, it's the same in business. You have to write a business plan and it's sales. You have to convince someone else mm-hmm. that you need this. And the grant is the academic
3: way of selling and yes. pitching.
0: Yes. And this is, as I told you, the, the first thing that the government forced upon universities this 3d upgift and actually communicate what are you doing and that's that's a challenge but it's really really interesting that's what you're doing you're contributing with your part here about artificial intelligence and the different applications yeah
1: so it makes sense yeah I'm very tempted to go to a side topic here about the academic system and how I it think works we, today. Because I, just, I, I um, think
3: we, we have reached sort of the storytelling up to Viranova, mm. and why, but, but why don't we go to the academic system as as the bridge? Yeah, and I, then it's a to, short topic at least, yeah, but I think I, it's an
1: important one. And, you know, I've been in the yeah. academic system as well after my PhD and continued to, to work. And, you know, I did what you said, basically you apply for a lot of grants and yeah. you try to find you know the right one to apply for and you adopt the application. Mm-hmm. To what the you know reviewers will what you think the reviewers will like. Mm. <laughs> but it's like sales. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, to some extent. But then if you compare it to at least in AI today, and the academic system has failed in some ways. And um, the true research in AI today is occurring in the big tech companies. And um, they basically have caused a brain drain from all the academic and universities. They are paying high salaries for the top professors to come and work for them. Mm. And it's it's just continuing and, and accelerating in a fast phase, and I would also argue and, and please stop me and disagree, but uh, at least in computer science, the way that peer reviewing works today to publish article is is the' is diminishing and, and going down rabbit hole that is causing people to just push, push stuff in preprint, preprint kind of you know archive.org kind of mm-hmm. sites to and fast like, pace. To just circumvent, you know, for one, to fast face yes. But also that the whole reviewing system is not working that well. And um, there have this kind of, what do you call it? Like in uh, when you have a, a set of people collaborating to, together to to go around the normal reviewing system, you know, if you have and you know the right people in the network, you can get mm-hmm. the paper accepted just because, you know, you know X number of people that is close to a reviewer. And it seems to be failing in what's supposed to be the good, you know, purpose for peer, peer reviewing articles and getting, you know, publications out. Mm. And instead now the tech companies just, you know, I'm just going to, if you take DeepMind or something they, they push this kind of super big article on archive, like 50 pages long, they perhaps get something in nature because they, they just who they are. But in reality, they, they demand, you know, what should be published. And the, the universities are just, you know, s- straggling behind more and more. Yeah. Uh, what is, at least for the AI and computer science part, that is partly, I would say, what's happening. What, what do you think about that? But, well,
0: from a company perspective, because I you know, employ a lot of people, the mm. first problem I see is the shortage of the number of engineers yes. or the computer scientists mm-hmm. at all. So what that means is before they even finish school, Mm. where they're trying to employ them so it must be very very difficult to have enough students you know taking their exam Mm. and even more difficult to have them doing their phds yes for example uh uh, one of our geniuses martin he he, first he finished finished as an engineer then he worked a lot Mm. and then he went back right and 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 i guess that happens a lot with people from computer science that they Mm. find out that you know it's not only about learning the latest program, uh, language, Mm. but there's a new language every year. (laughs) But if, I mean, studying is all about learning a way to, uh, you know, handle a lot of amount of data and then giving it back. Accumulate knowledge. uh, Yeah, to learn. Learn to learn.
1: You can do studying in in companies as well. And and I would argue that that is what's happening, at least with some tech uh, companies today, and uh, perhaps in your companies as well. So the alternative then turns out to be should you do the studying, you know, at the universities or mm. should you switch to a company quickly and get paid to get educated? So maybe know? the answer is capitalism
0: because the giants who are recruiting all these people, if you look at the U S and Sweden, mm-hmm. for example, we have people working with us and if they just go over there, they, they have, will have 10 times yeah, exactly. the salary. Yeah. But the reason they work with us is because it's the latest, the most complicated problem. And at the same time, we're doing something good. So I think the motivation among computer scientists and mathematicians is very much working with very complex problems or something that they like doing, like combating virus infections instead of, you know, selecting the 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 cheapest shirt (laughs) with e-commerce but there are
1: many types of yeah i I think hmm. that motivation can at least circumvent some of the problems but still it's not really if, if this kind of divide starts to increase more and more and you get paid you know so much more to join these kind of companies would you agree that this is a problem that we need to try to fix somehow otherwise it will be yes. concentrated yes. into a very few set of companies yeah, i
0: think we have a problem in general that are not enough people studying engineering mm. and I, I have two daughters myself they're 14 and 16 and when they're selecting what to study you mm. know they have music and dancing and, and mathematics is not e- even you know well they had a few computer gaming kind mm. of things but that was all guys yeah and uh, mm. no. so i think we we have to show the applications of mathematics and software and ai to the children mm. to make them curious that they want to do this want to learn more because natural science is quite boring the way it's teached today right so. if it's, if you don't show the applications and mm. maybe have some role models or companies or products that you showcase this is this created by engineers like
4: but could you say that this is also this divide mm. that it's also geographically a difference if we look, I don't think Europe has, a,
1: yeah. Europe uh, do not have a single tech giant, I would yeah, argue.
4: Uh, exactly. Um. If we look to the east and look at India, hmm. where we get a lot of applications from, yeah. as soon China. as we China and so forth, yeah. Um, yeah, there we have a maybe not another mindset, we have a larger population, of course. I mean, like, I, I think
3: it's clearly. What I have understood it's, it's fashionable to, to do STEM type and, you know, courses in some parts of the world. And it's completely mm. unfashionable in other parts of the world.
0: Yeah. I, I am very much engaged as a person now, for example, I work with um, IVA um, in Swedish, Royal e. Academy of Sciences, and we have this huge problem about lack of competence to the Swedish industry. And if you look at the Swedish university today, we have very good universities if you look at the world right we ranking, do
1: right yeah so we actually are a small be country with yeah.
0: very very good universities. Yes. but if you good. look at
1: who's studying
0: in sweden yeah so for example when i did my phd uh we were 50 percent were non-swedish they came from all over the world to study at the Karolinska institute so basically well one thing of course the, the the quality is high because of the nobel prize for example swedish scientists in medicine they can collaborate with the best scientists in the world because everybody wants to win the nobel prize (laughs) so that's a good thing we should use that we should be proud of that and also the amount of money that is is—is like private money going into research in sweden is fantastic it's just amazing how much money private donors are are, you know financing research with and in sweden education is free Mm -hmm. and when you do your phd you get paid yes that's that's a, unheard of. In, yeah unheard exactly of. if you look internationally like what are you getting paid for, to do your PhD if you if you should market that we would be overcrowded I think we should we
3: should market it And but, this but, is exactly but, what
0: we're doing is we're hiring no. people who are have come to Sweden to uh, either take their master's degree or their PhD and they already know who people Longström is we don't care about this if they speak <laughs> Swedish but, you know, they are a little bit, you know, assimilated, in you know, Sweden. And yeah,
1: but, I certainly agree. And, and that's one of the, the biggest kind of pros that we have in Sweden. We, we have great universities. We actually have good e- educational systems and we get a lot of, you know, really uh, knowledgeable people that we can hire into companies. Mm. The problem is, can we keep them? Can we keep them when they, you know, yeah. you have them in some companies and then they see, you know, if I move to this country, work for that, you know, company, I can get X number of more uh, higher salary. Mm. Uh, and we can see this kind of brain drain coming you know from europe to to other countries i would argue
0: would you agree with that no i would say sweden is one of the best countries at uh integrating people from other countries i usually call it kebab pizza for example <laughs> you have pizza and kebab and in sweden you have kebab pizza that's a swedish phenomenon you take the best things from everywhere and you mm-hmm. put it together
2: mm-hmm.
0: L- like the universities if you have 50% of the PhDs from other countries, but we should work more on keeping them.
3: Yeah. We yeah so stay so, in Sweden and work for these fantastic companies. So, so the, the core, let, let's zoom in on the, on the problem here. Mm. And, and I, I, we, we, I think we get another topic now and let's take it now rather than later because mm. the story, the storyline unfolds in, the, in this way. Yeah. So, you know, we are talking now about in one way, we are quite good at getting talent into the country to study. Yeah, that's what you said, right? I mean, in
0: a way that we we're we, not we're not doing it on purpose. They're coming because the universities are yeah. good. But <laughs> and how, a free, a free, a free how well how well yeah.
3: are we then to use that fantastic muscle? Or you know. Influx, you know, everybody who wants to run a, a soccer team, they know it's, You have a problem if you don't have an influx of players, right? Mm. And here we have an influx of players at at at, at sort of the ripe age, uh, where they are not slatterns, uh, you know, the the, the cheap slatterns, mm. the, the rising star slatans If I'm if I'm a soccer guy, but what do we do in order to keep them? What are we doing in order to get them back into the country? You know, because yep. we have a, we have a flip side of this coin, and it's how hard it is to get talent into our businesses. Exactly. Could we elaborate on this sort of yeah, what's, I think the the, the, the future, what's the story here? The
0: competition of companies, you mentioned these big uh, tech giants,
2: yeah.
0: what they're looking for is talent. That, that's the big competition. It's not money or so. There's plenty of money, but the talent, the people who are actually doing yeah. things. And if we get talents to Sweden and we attract them because of Sweden, the Swedish system, democracy, clean air, Frella semester, all that, we should you know do everything we can to make them stay
1: yes. but it, but this a problem that but that's a problem carpet. I mentioned right i mean you get people here but the they administration
0: studied. is terrible we have a
1: company yeah. we have hired a company
0: to help these people fill in the paperwork yeah. for example we had a genius a, a guy he finished his phd student in in less than 4 years mm.
2: <laughs> that was a
0: problem oh yeah because the problem. <laughs> it, it should take 4 years and because he finished before 4 years mm. he was not allowed to stay in sweden we had cake uh, this oh week for God. Ying Yi mm. after six years, she got her permanent residency
3: oh. and that's a genius young woman. Yeah, absolutely. And and so and it's and just terrible. The administration is not there, but this is a huge problem for Sweden now, because <coughs> in, in the one hand side, we are with, with our taxpayers money, we're doing quite good marketing or somewhere they, they come to our universities. Yeah. So we're sort of, we we're put the ball on the, on, on, on the penalty. It, it's right yeah. there on the penalty. You shoot, just you kick the goal. Yeah. And then when the talent is here and then we fuck up, in yeah. my opinion. Have another beer, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: now we're starting I, I to get into see. the
4: we're talking about the system. It's hard to, yeah. to in the short run. Uh, mm. In the short term. Mm. Do but anything they, about the system.
0: But we have a, a Colombian guy and a Moroccan sitting here. Yeah. And we yeah. speak yeah. Swedish fluently. Yeah. We think we're Swedish. You are? Yeah. And, and the, that's the thing, the, the, the f- fascinating thing with Sweden. I, I said, we're good at integration. Yeah, compared Goran, to a lot of what do you say?
4: Sure.
0: Yeah, you see? Are, you, are we good at integration? Sorry, Just say yes. No, 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 <laughs> but what
4: we can say is that some mm. of the responsibility- Oh,
5: good. Hold on, Don't
0: you feel Swedish?
5: yes i do yeah mm-hmm. you yes. see I, I mean i, I watch so much better robinson sweden <laughs> uh, i feel as incorporated in this country as everybody else yeah i think yeah uh, on the other side i have been here for 16 years so i have been paying them the tax yeah, yeah. i'm years. born here <laughs> I'm but
0: i'm saying we're good at integration mm. it's, just, it's just a new phenomenon with this brown color in politics that should be taken away
5: no but uh, on uh, on the matter of this topic i think that the swedish system is actually a loophole Mm. So, uh, uh, I can num, I can number, I can name actually a number of people that I know that are super highly quali- uh, qualified to work. Uh, in Sweden, we are lacking around 77,000 IT professionals, but in the same time, people that are coming from the United States and all different countries that yeah. are basically want to work here cannot get the residence permit or a working mm-hmm. permit because in order to work here, you need to get Social security number. In order to get a social security number, you need to actually get a job, yeah. and if the company is not basically strong enough to to uh, get you that uh, social security number, you will basically be in a limbo. Yeah. And after some time, what is happening is that people will basically move to another country that will provide that ease in order for them to work because they are coming to Sweden. They like the culture. They like the people. They like everything, mm. but. They cannot actually get in. So you were talking about, like, we' are extremely good in uh, bringing students here. We're not. Mm. right? We used to be. can get more. We, we used to be, right? Uh, all the glory days that I heard about, like when Ericsson was founded, and, and uh, Atlas Copco, and SKF, and, and Volvo, and everything else, and that changed in 2009 because we changed the system how we, uh, you know, for people to come in. So only the people from uh, you can read it there. So it's basically if if you are a European and Swiss, a Switzerland citizen, the the education is for free. What about those people that came from Pakistan and India that actually made Ericsson in the time? We're employing. Right? Yeah. So, so if we want to be controversial, people. it's not good, right? I'm a little bit criticizing this because I think that we can do much look at what Vancouver had done in, in, uh, with the AI and everything else mm. we need, if we want to bring uh, AI and the brain to Sweden, we need to change everything. Not only the kind the company thinks we need to change the politics, the migration. Uh, we have awful right now, uh, situation in, uh, in, uh, finding actually accommodations, yeah, yes. uh, I, I mean, totally agree. So, yeah. so uh, totally agree. Take the, con- take, take, take the microphone. Uh, now. Uh, so, yeah. and, and, no. uh,
4: if we go back to Byron Nova and, and uh, one of our challenges, this
5: is the rant. Let's
3: go for this. Yeah. Let's go with yeah, this. Yeah, but this that was spot really on. That's
4: spot on. one of our challenges. Yeah. We have geniuses coming to us. And as the system is not taking care of that, we as a company need to take action to support them in soft variables. How can we support them to integrate them with Swedish language? We have Swedish language courses in three levels that we arrange individually. on But just because
0: we we, we do that because they want to learn Swedish, we don't force them. That's just a way to make them feel at home and comfortable and socialize with each other. But you pointed out, you know, where should they live? That's a huge problem, yeah. and even even for the students coming here to study, where yes. the housing it's very expensive. No, we had the,
3: we had this uh, realization with Spotify that mm. you know you know we, we, we had our center in Stockholm, mm. and people that wanted to move into engineering, yep. you know what, it was cheaper and easier to live in New York. I, I, I know, <laughs> <Stockholm>. I know. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. Cheaper,
1: but but it was faster to get like an apartment in central Manhattan. Yeah, faster to get the
3: apartment mm. in central Manhattan and than Stockholm. Even
1: if they are well paid, you know, <laughs> coming to Spotify, <laughs> they, they could easier and they had the money to pay for an apartment in Manhattan and they can do that. Uh, it's and just get it in two weeks. But yeah. um, to get it in Stockholm, you either have to pay up like millions and millions of crowns to mm. buy something but you cannot rent anything. no matter And I think the
0: hurdle for them was also the administration. To employ people from outside Europe is complicated. And and the US and and Canada, they're really, really good at it. They're trying to attract talent. They're offering
3: them citizenship. They're offering them a lot of things. So now we're really talking about the AI divide and AI, but we need to also tackle the right problems. And Mm. the main problem in AI and everything is talent, right? It is talent.
0: Yeah, well-educated people or people who have learned it themselves doesn't matter mm. but both of them are necessary I, I think it's a shame I, I think it's a numbers game you, you mentioned that peer reviewing doesn't work etc so, etc cetera, et cetera, because it's hard to get a big <laughs> scientific community when They can earn a shitload of money working for
3: a big uh, tech company. But, but let's flip it now. I mean, like we haven't even really presented Veranova in in one way, but screw that. Let's go into the real (laughs) (laughs) topic.
2: I'll do that later.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why are you offering us beer? (laughs) No, no. Okay. uh, cheers uh, to Goran. uh, No, no, cheers to Goran. I have to, uh, okay. No, the guests can choose. Do we want to go into what Veranova is all about? Do a quick introduction. uh, Yeah. uh, yeah? I I,
0: I tried to do that. I'll do it again. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so to the hardcore, I know this is, uh, people working with artificial intelligence. I'm not good at it, but I, I, we're spoiled with some fantastic people working on it. So, so I said that I, I started this company is based on egoism. I had all these data in the form of images. Mm -hmm. I wanted to turn that into evidence or decision support, but because I still think that real intelligence is better than artificial intelligence, but artificial intelligence is, is fantastic. It's fast it can be accurate if you have the right amount of data you can train very good algorithms and this is what we have done we have taken thousands and thousands of images of vaccines so what we do when you're producing these virus particles either for gene therapy or for producing a vaccine what we do is the quality control take a small sample we take pictures we look at the virus particles are they intact are they broken how many are there what's their size these are parameters that the computer can do much more uh, efficient and faster uh, than a human being mm. it's, it's it's just cumbersome it takes a long time and it's a, a numbers game yeah. if you can take it thousands and thousands of images count particles etc cetera, etc cetera, that's good and to move into artificial intelligence just because we have worked with this for 10 15 years taking all these images we sit on fantastic data
3: sets which are annotated. Yes. Annotated Annotation. data.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really, really good ones because I haven't talked. We talked about, they touched upon the regulatory requirements <laughs> to do this. We're simplifying a lot. It's well trained people. And we have these certifications in our labs like GLP, good laboratory practice for the virus lab and we have the world's first GMP, good manufacturing practice oh. lab for electron microscope. We should brag a little bit. Yeah, we should do the <laughs> yeah. first <laughs> Yeah, and only. Yeah, yeah. it's the first, and, and that's a good thing. Worldwide. Yeah, that's the only one in the world. So it really puts Stockholm on, on, the, in, on the map.
3: For the quality of manufacturing of electron microscope.
0: Yeah, the, the only ones who can use electron microscopy and who have managed to turn images into evidence, because what the pharmaceutical companies do, when we have taken these images, And we have uh, looked at these variables. How many are there? What's the size, empty, full? We compile that into reports with the statistics. And that's what the companies, the pharmaceutical companies use towards the FDA to get approval to produce and sell their drugs. So this is key in this 10 years, $2 billion, the cost and the time. It's really, really important, patient safety.
3: But I uh, I used to cut in a little bit like because I think we have talked a lot about you know how to understand AI and how Mm -hmm. it amplifies intelligence and how we really want to automate data intensive type processes and I think the whole business model of Mm Vironova is sort of Explaining, educating a lot of people on how to think about AI and where where you you want to use algorithms. And you said we I prefer real intelligence, but I love artificial intelligence. Mm. It's about understanding what is data intensive processes, Mm. and you know. So I think instead of
0: having an expert behind a very very uh, expensive piece of equipment that is difficult to use, we worked on both both things automate and digitalize the equipment Mm to make it more user-friendly, et cetera. And then try to replace the expert with the software. And you can do that for the simple things that I I said, count, measure, Mm -hmm. there are like 10 variables that a computer can do much, much better, Mm. faster, and more accurate than a human being. But what we're good at is looking at the analyzed data and saying what it means.
1: Mm. We have a saying, you know, that um, AI and humans are good at different things mm. and a very different type of work. This is so the point. AI is really good at going through a huge amount of data, but does so very superficially. Yeah. Humans cannot go through thousands of images or a huge amount of data. Oh, you, you can. I did my PhD that way. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes seven years. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Okay. I rephrase myself. Yeah. Humans Don't cannot, hate. Go- <laughs> they hate to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but humans cannot go through a huge amount of data in an efficient way. Yeah. Thanks. Um, but they can go through a small amount of data in a very deep way yeah. that much deeper than any AI can today. So then if you combine the two, which it sounds that's like it, you're doing the combination, you actually use AI for what that is good for going through a huge amount of data, doing the counting, etc., and mm-hmm. then having a human analyze the results of that, mm-hmm. you get the best of both worlds. Right?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We would say that like we have data acquisition, that's mm-hmm. image taking. Mm-hmm. And from that, we go to the analysis, the fast forwarding, looking at thousands of pictures. Mm.
0: You should really get our hardcore geniuses on here. Yeah, we, we <laughs> yeah. talk but about uh, mathematics, to, artificial intelligence, you know, image, because it's it's just fascinating. But I, you I, you must, have to, I find it very, very fascinating.
1: You have to go through a bit about the tech as well. You know, <laughs> okay. how yeah. do you yeah. actually analyze the images? Yeah, for sure.
0: Can so it started in mathematics and image yeah. analysis. Uh, it's called like pattern recognition algorithms. That's how it all started. And quite simple things, even for me being just a hobby mathematician, I I could understand you look at these images. They're all in black and white, 250 shades of gray. Mm -hmm. And and you're looking, the the problem was the background. There's a lot of crap in the images. And then you're trying to find these tiny, small, round things. But if you can find the tiny, small, round things and find their center, Mm -hmm. you can measure the radius and thereby the diameter. So finding them. That means you can count them you can measure them them. and if you can measure them and you know where they are you can see if they are next to each other or not that's like aggregation at the cross and then you can find different kinds of particles the empty and the full we talked about this Mm -hmm. if you're going to give a a gene therapy or vaccine they need to be full and if you're developing a drug like i did you want to see if they are there or if they're broken other quality control aspects so from pattern recognition algorithms we, we took a lot of images and, and, and I mean, artificial intelligence, I don't even know if that existed as a
1: term back in 2000. It was it, mathematics. It, algorithms. It, it has been around since 1956, I believe. But okay, still, sorry. Uh, This is the
3: winter time. This is the winter time, yeah, I guess. But
1: still, there are a lot of, you know, at that time, it wasn't that in deep learning technology. But you know, this um, competition
0: that is taking place every year where you're trying different algorithms when, you know, it was not until like 15 years ago that the real good. I think you learned an image,
1: not the competition. Exactly. Right? So yeah. 2012, so you, it was the big yeah. moment with the, Alex and if you look at from thing.
0: 2012 to today, how yeah. many different new algorithms or Same ways explosion. pop up. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's where our science and our research yeah. is to try all these new ones on our data sets. Mm-hmm. But we, we started with pattern recognition mm-hmm. and on, then we have
1: training. Was it even machine
3: learning or was it more yes, like. both
0: a, machine learning, deep learning, neural yeah. networks. Yeah. What's CNN? What does that CN- stand for?
3: Convolutional <laughs> Neural yes. Network. But where did it start? Because yeah. when it was pattern recognition, this is pre. Yeah,
0: we, we, we started in pattern recognition. We started and now with mathematics
1: and, and image analysis. So probably rule-based in the beginning and then later turning into machine learning and then later deep yes. learning with yeah. CNN yeah. type of. And the same people systems. who were working with the image analysis and the
0: mathematics. and So so, for example, Gustav was heading our R&D. Mm. He did his PhD for Ida Maria, which is one mm. of the yeah. founders of the technology now he's head of R&D. Ida Maria, she's CTO, but she's 50% in academia and 50% with us. So she knows what we have. So
3: Ida Maria is at KTH as well. or yeah, Uppsala or, University. Uppsala, sorry, sorry. Yeah.
0: So she knows the latest things and her PhD students, so they can try the latest te- techniques mm-hmm. on our data set.
2: So, you so have what a we data didn't realize
0: set. is because of a service model, we have spent so much time developing software. We even built our own microscope, the world's first desktop version of an electron microscope called the mini And we just did that to integrate software with hardware That's to automate and digitalize. Once we have done that, we focus more on the software, but all the data that we have generated over time, as we said, it needs to be annotated. Mm-hmm. That's why we, we build our own microscope, integrated our software. We bought a few companies uh, that made digital cameras. To make a fully integrated system and with that we have generated a lot of data and that data set is that's the gold mine
3: Mm -hmm. today but okay here i want to use stop and pause and i'm gonna i'm Mm -hmm. gonna actually uh, brag a little bit about high price data innovation summit, because I'm going to get, make a hook to what we're talking about here. So, so we, we talked about AI transformation as the main theme of this, uh, the data innovation summit. And Mm. when when we, when we start looking at contextualizing AI transformation, we're going to have a transformative, this is all going to be transformative. Yada, yada, yada. Mm. It's going to be general purpose tech AI is going to be pervasive. I propose that you need to always talk about data AI software. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, like, so AI and AI is completely transformative, mm. but you need the data in order to feed AI. Yeah, the AI. And what
0: about the experts? Or, um, no,
3: no, no. Of you course. Don't need them or. That's the people side. <laughs> but if I look at, if I try to look at it, uh, good point. No, qual- qualify
0: the data, I mean.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I was trying to, you know, technically people get stuck on, oh, it's all about the algorithm. It's all about data science. Oh, well, it's all about the data, the data engineers. And then when you have the algorithm, you need to, to deploy that algorithm into production somehow, mm. i.e. software. So I just wanted to sh- point that out that when we've been talking about this stuff, uh, you talk about interchangeably software, algorithm, data yeah. as core core business Perspectives. You can't take, I mean, like, you can't have AI without the software. You can't have the software without the data, you know. Do you, exactly. So I, I just want to make that point clear uh, to, to really emphasize that software is extremely important. The algorithm is, you know, so none of them really has any real value without the other ones. Yeah. That's the point, and then the people. Let's let's then talk about how much it takes and how much it people yeah. and
1: but process. I think we need to rephrase that because it, it's one common topic today. is called data centric uh, AI versus model centric AI. Mm. And this is from Andrew Engi. Andrew Engie. pioneers called Andrew Eng. Ng. Ng. and um, the traditional academic work. And this is the reason that you know there ha- there is a big difference between. Um, industrial and academic use of AI, because in academic use of AI, you usually have a fixed data set and you tweak the model. Yep. And you tweak the model in extreme uh, and do this kind of weird ensemble, et etc. That is not really useful, but they win in some kind of competition and benchmark and they get a the paper published. Mm. But in practice, what you can do is you can just tweak the data set instead, improve the quality of the data set and that hugely will impact the performance. But ahead.
0: how do you improve the data set? So, for example, in our... Uh, for us, is we have experts who have knowledge about the data, mm-hmm. and they can qualify the data. Mm-hmm. Is, is that possible
1: to do just with software to qualify the data? Partly, yes. There, mm-hmm. there are a number of techniques, like active learning-based techniques, that you can use to try to improve the quality of the data and, and choose what to actually train on. But um, instead of spending so much time trying to improve the model, you can instead say... Is there some noise in the data that we can remove? Is there some noise in the labels that we use to train the model on that we can improve? Can we see that this type of label is potentially missing, um, you know, sufficient data but others are overrepresented mm,
2: exactly. so we
1: can, you know, find a balanced way to make the model training work much better. Mm. And if you do that, then, you know, the improvement that you get is usually very much higher than whatever tweak you do to the model but this is why I love science because mm. y- you look at this from a software
0: perspective, but if you sit together with a chemist, mm. a biologist, someone who's a, you know, working in medicine, you will have so many angles on solving a problem. So if you have a problem that is, well, you know, let's say nobody has solved it before, like eating an elephant. Yes. Yeah, you have to eat it piece by piece or probably so, so everybody, if, if you have this in working interdisciplinary, that that's just it's so fascinating because you can have so many different views on the same problem so if you have one data set if you have different angles on it you will see different things so this is what I say with having experts who are used to you know if you sit there hours and hours and hours (laughs) in front of the microscope basically you just have to look at it and say oh that's that yeah I mean domain expertise is super useful
3: exactly so the the way is
0: The bad thing with the pattern recognition algorithms is we have taught the computer to do something. So it's expert bias. Now, when it comes to artificial intelligence, we're trying to work on, you know, feeding the computer with images Mm. and then just waiting for the computer to tell us what's in the images. And, And that's really, really interesting because when we see what's coming back, the expert can say, oh, wow, did you have that in the, but we didn't see it. When we tried to analyze it. Are so, you
1: moving into explainable AI as well? where the model is trying to explain why it thinks it has a certain <coughs> thing? Have you tried that yet?
0: Yeah, well, I, I don't know the the, the nomenclature, but it, it, we're trying to go from teaching the computer to do something and teach it on our material mm-hmm. to towards feeding the material and, and trying to get something out of it, like what's in the image.
1: So okay. in short, you, you can basically today with a number of techniques try to say – let the AI not only do a prediction, let's say in your case, number of uh, virus particles or whatnot, mm. but instead also, besides doing the, part, the prediction, say, <clears throat> why do I think it has five number, five particles here? And it has to highlight an image, basically, so we can yeah. motivate and describe why I thought you know this is the number of particles it's found. And then so, you can see, oh, it actually looks at like something completely Horrible, there's a classic example of this, this is a paper from 2015, uh, called why should I trust you? And it basically, they had a really biased data set where they wanted to predict if it's a wolf or a Husky, a normal dog or a wolf. Mm-hmm. The thing with, with the collection of data, they just collected wolf images from forests with snow and all the dogs was from, uh, like more domestic domestic, domestic uh, mm-hmm. from city kind of environments. Mm-hmm. And then you train a model and the model didn't even look at the dog. It just looked at the environment and see (laughs) every time you see snow, you know, it will be a wolf. (laughs) And it had like 99% accuracy, Mm. but it was completely useless. Yeah. But we wouldn't see that. Well, if you have, wouldn't. if you have these kind of explainable techniques, you would, yeah. but if you don't, you can be fooled by having a really biased data set. So, so it's, so it's the whole, the for the, sure.
3: how, right? how to look into the black box, right? Yeah. We don't really need to look into the black box. We can ask the AI also to explain to us why mm. he's, wh- you know, what's the core parameters he based it on.
0: But like, is, like we touched upon, how do we get people to study uh, engineering? Mm. I mean. I started in hardcore science, like studying too much, doing too much research. But now that we're applying it, it's also very interesting to do uh, research applied to a certain problem. Mm -hmm. For example, if we look at our virus particles, we look, are they empty or full? Mm -hmm. But what about all the intermediate forms? That's also interesting. Mm -hmm. So if our customer, if they ask us that question, we will try to figure out. Mm -hmm. And that's a very challenging question. That's where the
1: artificial intelligence comes in.
4: We certainly had a bit bias. Yeah. yeah, I we mean, it's like it.
1: AlphaGo, you know, or you know AlphaZero and these kind of uh, recent models that mm. learn how to play chess or go or these kind of other games. And when they surpass human level in you know performance for mm. all these games, you start to have them becoming a teacher for you as a human because they find patterns that humans haven't found before, and they find ways to play the game that you couldn't think of or didn't even know about. And perhaps you can do that you know, f- for your use case as well, where an AI suddenly finds some kind of pattern, uh, if it's broken or not, I, I'm not sure about your domain because I have no
0: understanding of but that. But human error can be a good thing in research. If you forget the sandwich and you have fungus work uh, growing on <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, so so you true. can get penicillin. <laughs> that's but that's when true. a computer does something wrong, then it's something wrong yeah, with the compilation and the testers. You will
1: flame something else.
0: So, so yes. human error or creativity, we always try to cheat a little bit, yes. but that's a good thing.
3: Yeah, yeah indeed. Mm. So I don't know where to go next because I, I think we we started off on some big topics that we can circle back on, uh, or we you know now we gone down a little bit the the, the the tech rabbit hole. Do we want to continue that a, a Just little bit th- more?
1: Some way to finish up. You know, you have built a company uh, mm-hmm. since yeah. two thousand and five, right? Yeah, and you are today over hundred more. How big are you? Hundred? Yeah, one hundred and
0: forty. Forty yeah. people, so... Uh,
3: but let's talk about the composition of uh, those 140 it, people. Sorry, a yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. We, we, we jump <laughs> on each
1: other. Sorry, man. Great. Go first. So for people that want to know, you know, I want to build a company as well, uh, similar to yours perhaps, or in some other field, but to actually be managing to, to build a company to, to the success that you have today. Can you just share perhaps some advice of mistakes you made or, you know, something that you really... Uh, love about, you know, this I did really well, causing me to have the success I have today. Mm.
0: It's basically one thing. It's about recruiting the right people. Yes. So good recruitments and bad recruitments that summarizes all.
1: And now we just have to tell us how do you recruit <laughs> the right
0: people? <laughs> yeah, that, that's a challenge actually. Yeah. So we, we started out more like a group of friends. Uh, mm. I, I always call them my family, but well, and I, th- I still think so, uh, if if you're passionate about something and you like what you do that just make things a little bit easier. So we yeah. started with a bunch of people with scientific background, basically researchers, uh, trying to solve a problem. That was a, a problem that we needed to solve to make our lives easier. Like I said, it was a very egoistic thing, having data in from the, in the form of images and not being able to convince someone that this is what I see. This is correct. Do you see it? And I say, no and another fascinating thing is to work interdisciplinary
1: Mm -hmm. you have the right mix of competences yeah
0: i I think that that's the the key to success here to be able to communicate between sciences like i'm a chemist but personal chemistry Mm -hmm. that's the most important thing so i was like i I came from chemistry i went into biology which is more complex so if you go to chemistry and like physical chemistry that's mathematics very logical And then you go to biology, which is very complex, many variables at the same time and medicine, where you try to apply it, try to solve some problems. So we worked in the interface between technology and medicine using very, very advanced equipment, (laughs) electron microscope, expensive, complicated that we needed to automate and things. And then we had the actual problem to solve, but we managed to communicate and collaborate.
1: But okay, let me ask a very concrete question. How do you do um, recruitment interviews? I actually don't do them anymore. Uh, I, I, I only recruit I, 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 I the, the management team.
0: Oh, um, I, 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 sorry to I'm say sorry. this, but I that's recruited friends here City sitting next to Matsu. No, no, no. But, 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 I, that's I safe. can go
4: back three years. That's yeah. Yeah. the timeline that I have back here. And then this actually goes back to if we go to 2005 and 2015 mm-hmm. and so forth, there wasn't the the great divide between that many departments that it's still growing, of course,
2: mm-hmm.
4: as we are... Mm-hmm. Commercializing more and more of our services and also products, our solutions. So that means that we have more skill sets that we need to acquire and retain within Byronova. That means also we need an HR department, which probably wasn't needed 2010. I don't know how many we were at 2010, but now we are over 100. So there's a lot of different organizational challenges. That just touches this question mm. how do you perform interviews they are of course different if you do them in an arr research and innovation center yes. wh- where you might need to do concrete cases for the people that you uh, try to hire if we go to the sales and marketing department you have other skill sets that you need to align with so that's actually something that we have built up the last three years oh okay. yes to see of course there was a process for it before but to structure that to be able to scale up as mm. we are a scale-up company that means that we need to do interviews in a processed way mm. with the search mm. and if we qualify the people we have a okay, we have a candidate that we need to take yes. in many cases from a different country what kind of pre-boarding activities do we have for that person coming from india
2: mm.
4: So they get integrated and get help with all the administrative work that we talked about before. How do we onboard them fast when they come to Vironova, where we have a diversity of different knowledge, skill sets in different, not silos, but departments within Vironova. So they ramp up fast and create business value for Vironova within three or six months, or I would guess like in one week would be super great, but we all know that organizational change takes time and onboarding, it's just one of those parameters that we need.
1: Okay. Yeah. Onboarding for sure. It's, it's hard, but, but still you have to make a decision of this is the person I want. And let's say you have a team, uh, <laughs> develop the hardware or some part of the software, or I don't know, some part of the chemistry or the medicine that you want to do. No, in the beginning yep. it's, it was expertise, mm-hmm. like knowledge. That yep. was the foundation for Not that people. much engineering well
0: in best work. of the best like yeah. you need some really really clever pro- but people to yes. solve some really really complex problems so that that's all phds or we have two professors yeah. a professor in chemistry medicine we had one in mathematics mm-hmm. a lot of phds so yes. people who were working on this in an academic research setting that that was a starting point point. and if you go from 2005 when we founded the company and to 2015 it was basically a research organization Mm. funded with grants like 200 million crowns in grants right developing the technology developing uh, drugs against influenza virus Mm. no venture capitalist would have founded that like if someone
1: yeah
0: not in sweden (laughs) well we have a a lot of good funding from um, entrepreneurs who have built companies themselves they have a really really good understanding if you go through a due diligence with the vc or pe people think that's complicated no Mm. if you have an entrepreneur who built a company they ask the right questions mm. like you are mm. how did you recruit people how do you recruit people mm. Wh- who are in your management team how are you recruiting people these are sure. very very important things how yes. you build your organization how many teams are functional <laughs> if you have a team with five people and suddenly they're 20 that causes a lot of friction of mm. course yes and, yeah. and not everybody can be a manager having employees right and some researchers, you have to lock them into a room sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But they really like that. Yeah. We Don't have, disturb it, maturity,
5: them.
4: <laughs> maturity levels of the different yeah. departments, of, of course.
0: Really challenging.
4: But yeah. what I would say for, for the recruitment process is that we, of course, have different stages in mm. the interviews. And if you have cases, and bringing up different persons to meet to meet with the actual person to see both to check out what the values are for the person, what's the ability to learn fast, and then the skill sets that are different from the different departments. Mm-hmm. So that's Ray Dalio stuff, of course, if yes. you hear ability, uh, values, and skill sets, but that's pretty much... Personality is very, very important. In the
5: generalize can, around it. I have one question. Yeah. Uh, having built a company up to 100 people, I think you mentioned something which is very good because when you start a company, usually... Uh, you invite people that you feel uh, trust with or you yep. have people that you know that they know the business and et cetera. So you start, right? Then <laughs> at some point of time, there is a number when the threshold becomes like, oh shit, now we are a company. I need to hire management to actually deal with this, all of these things. Yep. What was the number for you?
0: No, a group of 20 exactly. is quite okay. Good, thank you. To that be a manager, good. yeah. But then, for example, now we have a quite big management team, like 10 people and we also have subsidiaries or in swedish we say daughter companies with ceos running it and so on so if you acquire a company and you have a group of people who are good at working together let them be (laughs) we try to integrate them we had a a cowboy in indian party but it doesn't work you know let the people who know each other as a team work as a team and then you just take the manager and let the manager work with the management team and this like, is complicated yeah this is because it's very very easy to lose what called company culture yes. if you have a chemist and a computer scientist they don't understand each other but do they have to no, no. but they want to so it's if they want to give them beer and food and let them talk <laughs> but don't force it upon them you know i don't want to know what the chemical formula for that is i don't give a shit but you have I you great you know that wow i'm proud of you
3: But I now now we now we're going into some of the core topics, which is uh, I mean, like even what you got awards from. But one of the core super cool things with Vironova, and we are already touching upon it a little bit, is that you're essentially as a core business model or business idea, you're dealing with intersectional innovation. So you're dealing with data and data science, computer software mm. innovation together with mm. what did you say? Tech and medicine. Tech, tech and medicine. For sure. So hardcore, uh, if if you want to extrapolate what, what is the core AI transformation all about, Is about mm. infusing AI and in data and software in any business domain. And here we have a core business model where you are basically living the dream, you know, living the yeah. dream of what Scania wants to do or what Vattenfall wants to do in order to get data driven, right? So, how the hell do you get that lingo to work? You know, between, I, us, I, I usually joke, how do you get people that speak Python and people that speak Latin to find their common ground? How, it's quite, quite easy, actually. If you have very, very intelligent people,
0: I thought we would say beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's very easy, get yeah. beer. Yeah, well, that, that helps us. Don't, don't spoil it now. That, but if secret. you have very, very intelligent people, they, they usually know. That they are intelligent, yeah. But the best intelligent people are the ones who don't tell you that they are very intelligent. Yes. Good, well they well quite. I say, uh, the music, in yeah, humble. They're humble um, and they're cur- very humble and
3: still curious, maybe. Curious and want, and want so to don't learn about. Take the
0: away the curiosity. Don't tell an intelligent people how to do this. Like step one, step oh, two, yes. step three. If you do that, you take away all the fun thing. But it's also very very difficult as a manager. That if you're going to bad. tell them, can you go and paint that uh, red? No, no, no. You're like, do we need to paint that? And then you go away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but and they, will, have- they will not
0: only paint that, they will rebuild it and make it nice. And yeah. they will offer you beer yeah. to show you what they have painted.
3: But, but so so one of the management techniques is actually not to connect all the dots. Exactly. It's actually to leave the question f- frame, you know, so Socratian management style, maybe. I don't know. I think it
0: tells that's the benefit coaching. of coaching. You know, yeah. you have to admit to yourself that I'm good at this. I'm bad at that. And when you acknowledge that, then you want to hire, okay, shit, I'm bad at this. I need to hire someone who's much better than me on yes. that. And when you hire that person, Let them give them the responsibility. Yeah. yeah. You can learn from them. But for example, if you have a, a good management team, if you throw in a question, I can have a solution or I believe I have a solution to it. But if I ask my management team and I listen to all the 10 different, it actually becomes like 10 times better.
3: Yeah, but let's, let's, let, let's go nerdy on the mechanics mm-hmm. of getting uh, someone with, with a medical background and someone with the actual, uh, you know, computer science background, how do they work? What, what is the lingo, you know, in, in hardcore down, how have they found their pace as a team? How does that work?
0: I, I think it's quite, uh, also it's quite easy. Medicine is complex, many variables, many problems. And engineers, they like to solve problems. Mm. So if you have the, the ones with the complicated problems asking the engineer to solve it,
3: that's good enough. So then- they, That's they, how we work. It's actually. a little bit like you get them, uh, they play well together. L- let's bring this in as kids in a candy store having fun playing with toys. And they, yeah. they, 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 they have something to, basically the, the, the problem becomes the common denominator where we, we can find- Problem
0: solving. Yeah. Problem solving Someone has got a problem- someone has got a solution in in our case for example i was looking at these images at viruses so the image analysis toolbox that's a little bit easier they have some tools okay then it's about finding the right tool but then in mathematics you can develop new tools or you can modify the tool to make it better to your application so that's basically how we did it i had a problem i needed to solve it i asked people working with image analysis i work. i asked people working with mathematics and together we solved the problem.
4: But uh, actually, th- to make it really simple, we take the Swedish citat. Lika barn leker Olika barn hittar på lekarna. Together. Uh, a it's one. a little bit if we're going to take it. Can in you ground, say that in English?
3: <sighs> equal fun chil- at work. Equal f- child play them. well, yes. but different children comes Great. up with the gay- best games. Yes. Mm. That's a good one. But it's it's
0: difficult. That's a good thing with the um, software development. That's their own language. You don't have to speak Swedish or English. You're you're doing coding. You're coding. It's the same with mathematics. It's Unless numbers. you're Microsoft
1: and you are turning the programming language <laughs> to Swedish, which is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this, but That's yeah. another question. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But still, okay. So there are a number of like these kind of uh, ideas about you know how how to keep. The company as productive as possible and also happy as possible which is actually I, I would argue like a subcomponent of being productive if you keep the people and employees happy then they will be productive as well
0: but do of the most intelligent people want to work with the most complicated problems that's one thing yeah and to keep motivation or passion for your work you, you really need to to have a real passion for your work i mean mm. i think it's easier for us we're working with combating virus infections that's a good cause yes it yeah it's not uh, about making money it's about curing disease
1: saving lives but you must have a number of like boring tasks you have to do to to actually you know that's what i do <laughs> <laughs> counting <laughs> particles and whatnot you know now you hopefully yeah. can automate that but still it's i'm sure there are a number of boring tasks you still have to do
0: yeah but you have to share the success as well like yeah. even small successes for example if we when we got the gmp certification the day after we celebrated with champagne and stuff like that, not everybody understood how big that is
4: mm. how many years yeah from different departments like that had been 10 15
0: years of work and then suddenly it happened so it's the same with many companies it's like 10 15 years of hard work and then immediate success is not immediate success it's not overnight success it's a lot of hard work but a lot lot of people then there's also a lot of pride if i worked like 10 years uh, trying to build a microscope and then suddenly it works mm. that that's how to say a big ego <laughs> probably should move <laughs> it into makes what you is
1: actually is so, i think we so, said that a number of times but it's um, just
0: about the employees if the employees can feel part of you know exactly. the success right. yeah. and and they are i mean i cannot do anything anymore yeah. it's it's all about the, the clever people that we have and how good they work together Right. That's how you solve problems, and they should really be proud and happy about the things that they managed to do.
3: Actually, actually I, I want to have I want to have time. I, I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to have time to explore some of the awards that Verona uh, Veronova has gotten because I think they open up new, very interesting conversations. Mm. So you had the uh, Hitachi Transformation Award in 2019. And then you, you got the Life Science Star Award in uh, 2021. Show them. Yep. This is super cool stuff. We go over here. So which one should we start with? Because they open up different conversations, I think. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really, really, really good conversation starters on different yeah. topics of success. This yeah. is I, I continuing
4: think. on people and diversity management. Yeah, I, I know guess. that. Mm. so we should
3: be starting that or, or should we
4: okay. start
0: so uh, the, so the sweden bio that's the organization that was working. right recently right yeah that's the companies in the life science industry like pharmaceuticals biotechnology med tech so this, this was is great
3: this week or, se- or se- september or something like this yeah, a month ago a month ago yeah
0: yeah so this is the best price actually yeah by peers a price from your peers telling you that we have the most talented people
3: employed at Varenova. So what, what was the motivation or what is the category? What does it mean? So I think that it me? was uh,
0: that we were- um,
4: This is an ego boast. N- now yeah. you go on. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm bad at bragging, but-, <laughs> yeah, but We it can be able able to sometimes. recruit the best of the best to a quite small company in a small country where it's cold and dark in November. <laughs> 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 really, really talented people from all over the globe, actually. I, I, I think we should mention also some of the really great students come here to study or do their PhD that we managed to make them stay in Sweden mm-hmm. working with us, a small company, uh, not even profitable yet, uh, and, and making them work together. And it's not only about recruiting people. You asked about how do you mm-hmm. recruit them, it's how do you keep, keep them? them yeah. Because if you recruit I mean, them I and don't they don't like it, the they leave.
1: I mean that's what I mentioned in the beginning. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can actually have really good people in Sweden, given the educational system we have, but you need yeah. to keep them as well. And I remember from my Spotify days, you know, that's, that's super super tough. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, and you have to change. I mean, uh, if you look at being a research organization, developing a product, that's one thing. When you go through a commercial phase, when it's all sales, marketing, and like now communication, it's totally different skill sets. And I think one of the benefits is we have a lot of. Hardcore scientists who are really, really good at communicating.: I think that's exceptional. That's, cool. that's exceptional because they're really, really good. We have, for example, in sales, we have uh, application specialists. I mean, the ones who are really the experts selling the, the product or the education once you buy the product or the solution from us, you have to explain how to use it, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
4: That's also a: uh, I could go, really go good on thing. forever for this.: Please ask. Just to <laughs> highlight application specialists. No. Who are in the intersection between virology, knowing the software, hmm. the AI applications of it, or the deep learning aspects of it.
3: And can um, do the storytelling yeah, for the whole can thing. Do
4: the storytelling in the pre-sales. Now we talk our language, pre-sales, and then on the onboarding when people have Get decided to. We and they need to be trained how yeah, to use it properly. So then it's onboarding training. and then, Change management. Yes. And then they are also involved with the customer success. How do we retain our customers if we have a SaaS model yeah. and want to have a re- recurring revenue model for our software? So it's impossible without these geniuses. So, of course, they came, come from an academic background, but they are working in a commercial sense. And then, of course, we have other commercial people working with core sales. That's not easy at all. So the diversity of our different teams, that's the key. Yep. we I can just... So let's let's, let's
3: get into this because the way I understood when I read the the jury's uh, recognition here and the way I, I, I remember I did a LinkedIn post. And I was like, and I I remember it's like goosebump moment Mm. because we talk about diversity and we talk about the challenges in, in, in Sweden of getting talent in. And here one company is getting it done, man. This is Mm. the way I read that you're getting it done. You are getting through the red tape. You're getting the talent in and you're, you, you're creating a diversified company with all different nationalities in Sweden. And I think it's used kick ass. So yeah, why I, don't we I use think cold, the, the diversity? Is not the
0: color baby. of your skin. <laughs> first no? of all, so we didn't think about this. No. So we have uh, Max talking about artificial intelligence. This yeah. is for you, Max Pilstrom, genius. <laughs> uh, he's young, very young, like twenty-three, yeah, twenty-four. Yeah, this I think he's got a mustache, but yeah, I haven't. He's checked. a philosopher.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then we <laughs> have a professor
0: Jan Behrmann, eighty. Mm yeah this so is that's terrific. diversity having someone who's Hallelujah. 80 years old working at the company he was kicked out of the university when he t- turned 67 we built the lab for him <laughs> he's like a grandfather of Nova. Oh, and so he's cool. a genius and you know he's calm his experience that's a good thing but then they have the young trying out the new things but mentorship is really really great so you have diversity in age nationalities yes we didn't think about that. It's just the fact that 50% of the PhDs are international well, I, I, students. I could put yeah. numbers on that. Let's recruit the best.
4: I could put numbers on that one. 36% okay, of our employees are PhD
1: mm. degrees. Really? That's, yes. Yeah. That's the hard average core.
4: age of a Vironovian is 43 years old. And we, the span is from a little bit over 20 years old and plus 80 with John Berman, mm. And then we have 22 different nationalities. That mm. doesn't mean like, the ethnicity of it, it's that I mean, the people have different backgrounds, experiences that contribute to the boiling template that we have.
3: That I, I can't shut up more. You, you are my heroes because yeah. you are talking about diversity in the real sense and not yeah. in terms of some political game of what we are trying to, you know, mm. I don't know. You know what, what I mean, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, so I'm the way you're, about you're talking myself. about the the way diversity, diversity is also an educational is,
0: background, yes. uh, as yeah. talk, like working interdisciplinary. Yes. Having uh, scientists and commercial people working together—that's also diversity. And, and like must touched upon, for uh, our sales, it used to be I call it lab coat selling—an expert selling to an expert. But then, if you're selling an equipment that costs you 7.5 million crowns, you have to type, talk to the guy in the suit. And I'm sorry to say, he's a guy in the suit, but you know, yeah. real world—you have a suit yourself—and that's so another. Yeah, <laughs> but that's another aspect of diversity. If you look at our management team, you know. Mm. the future is it's is, is not a man's world anymore yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, history that's world. the 60s and the music and the uh, women today are the ones who are studying who are well educated and they're hard working uh,
3: we could experience.
4: loop loop from here to go from mm. the diversity and the need of that to our different business models we have complex yeah Solutions or sales that we, we yeah. that's our common Now we come back not, to our, yeah, our background. Not transactional, the but tra- traditional selling. When we talk about our services to a large amount of different companies all around the world.
3: So your portfolio of your business model is actually from quite complex type of business you're doing. I mean, like a, a longer sales cycle yeah. to something which is quite, you know, a service, a yes, subscription.
4: Exactly. And that's, the service doesn't need us to talk to the business suit so mm. it's transaction, not transaction traditional mm. we have complex sales where multiple stakeholders yeah. they are in suits and lab coats and it's procurement and it's uh-huh. you know it's hurdles so that, that's so a software. challenge
0: actually to to have a, uh, like we started in software and then we integrated software with the hardware mm. then we built hardware so investors for example they like you to be a software company with a sauce model <laughs> uh, margin profit so we actually, we are, we're, now we're a service company, but we sit on our own software and hardware, and we are the experts of using it. And we also have the, the regulatory certification, the GMP and GLP that you talked about. Let's go, let's go
3: there as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: so now we're a service company, but the complexity is, you know, everybody wants to put a, a brand on you.
3: Yes. Yeah. Pigeonhole you you in, in yes. are you doing this yeah. sale or this sale or this product?
0: We don't accept that. We are <laughs> This is what we do. This is your problem. This is how we solve it. It's a solution. How we solve it, not your problem. But We're solving it for you.
1: You say you're a service company then. Yep. Can, perhaps right you can now. elaborate a bit more. What is the business model of Virunova?
0: It's actually a service, as I said. So we have developed our own microscope that is user friendly, automated, that so you don't sell
1: it, you rent it, or what? Be- before the pandemic,
0: yes. But what happened now? The last two years with the travel restrictions and so on, we were, we, yeah, we started, we actually, first we built the Minitem, a small desktop version of an electron microscope. So we had a problem with the scalability there. So we partnered with, uh, there are only three companies in the world producing electron microscopes, mm-hmm. two are Japanese and one is uh, American former Dutch Philips, now part of Thermo Fisher mm-hmm. and Hitachi NGO in Japan. So in order to get the scalability, we partnered with Hitachi, they invested in the company we put our software on their machine Mm. called Virotem, specifically made to look at viruses and that sounds like a great thing in 2020 when we launched the product (laughs) but we couldn't reach (laughs) out to our customers and install it because we were prevented and swedish people were not allowed to come to anyone (laughs) at this time so we we launched the the product beginning of 2020 We, we installed and sold one in japan at the university we sold another one we haven't installed it yet uh that was the scalability he touched, can produce 100 per year the minitem we could produce like 10. but suddenly we couldn't sell microscopes so but you could still send samples so what the pharmaceutical companies they actually like that model more because it's more comfortable for all them all of a
3: sudden you all, you pivoted to another completely different we place. had
0: to it was just survival
3: so let so you're going instead of putting the equipment in their facilities mm. As a service they send the samples to you and now you can do it as a service even yes and and, and but you know uh, you know ingmar
0: Stanmark, luck comes to the well-prepared yeah so we were very lucky because we were prepared and and the thing was we got this gmp certification of our lab uh 3rd, 10, of january 2020 10, perfect yeah that. so
3: and now what is gmp in this nutshell because i think gmp now very good helps you to f- have the trust for this service model to work? Exactly. So, so if you look at
0: the life science industry, one of the issues is the, all the regulatory framework that mm-hmm. you have to uh, work according to. Mm-hmm. And and as I said, it's all about patient safety. Mm-hmm. So we we have like one lab with the GLP certification, and the electron microscopy lab is a GMP good manufacturing the,
3: practice. The one in the world.
0: The only one in the world. Yeah, and, and meaning the only one in the world is that the the, the um, analysis of the data that we have generated is according to GMP, meaning well-educated people, calibrated instruments, et cetera, et cetera. So
3: GMP is a, a certification standard. <clears throat>
0: yeah, so okay. it means that the, the pharmaceutical companies, once we have done the quality control of their vaccines, they can use that data towards the FDA. Directly. Get, yeah, to get approval to produce uh, and sell their product.
3: So, so, th- so di- the difference in FDA processing steps boom, you just took away a whole step by coming out GMP certified straight out of what yeah, you've done. Yeah, you can invest in the company. You're... I get it, I get it. <laughs> we'll take that after. But, yeah. Yeah. No, but it's,
0: it's really important. It's a big step because we're talking about science here and, and basic research. That's a very uh, open-minded, creative uh, atmosphere. Working according to GMP or GLP, that's, that's strict.
3: And this is ultimately, and, and you have FDA in, in the States and mm. what is the equivalent in Europe? EMEA. And which one is tougher?
0: No, Sweden is a good country because the Swedish uh, FDA, so to speak, you know, Sweden is is like a court system. Uh, many international conflicts wow. take place in Sweden because we are a democracy and we're knowledgeable and the the legal system is trustworthy. Yeah. It's the same with the Swedish FDA and the fact that we, had, we have AstraZeneca, we had Pharmacia, so we have a lot of knowledge about this. So being a Swedish company is a good brand.
4: Yeah, And, and it's also, if you take EMA and FDA, they're harmonized in a legal way. When you look at the quality aspects of it, so an FDA stamp is should be the same stamp as yeah. an EMA or lack middle yeah. market, uh, qualification.
3: I, I need to I need to admit uh, I, I'm a little bit um, indoctrinated to all these challenges, and and I saw my mom getting gray hair faster than normal. She worked as the medical director for Makia, working with these processes. Yeah, yep. so Makia is doing. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's a lot of anesthesia paperwork. stuff yeah mm. uh, Also, respirators, respirator mm. yeah a lot of shit a lot of work yeah and then audits and audits and yeah. audits and all this and in, that's
4: in a clinical environment with with med tech med tech
3: clinical so but it's i don't know it, this is a different if you're not into this world of medtech and this yeah. it's it's you know the trial one two three all this stuff it it's what do you say 10 years yeah. process yeah. and it's uh, is not driven by it's driven by regulations literally but
0: the interesting thing here is uh, knowledge about software and also about combining software and hardware what we've been fascinating about is that some companies are like pure hard um hardware companies yeah. they don't do right. software they're exactly. like, there's a they're a hardware company and they don't even do services basically services installation and you know changing oil and filter <laughs> But combining, now the industry is like integration of software with hardware. That's where everything is happening.
3: Yeah, but but let's go here now. Then where, where is the whole med-tech, med tech, medical industry going? Because... I mean, like clearly, I can go to Ericsson and I can see the radio base station was 75% hardware. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even 20% hardware. When we got, Getting to 5G is, you know, uh, you know, 50% algorithms and then software, you know. So mm-hmm. it's completely, the, the whole world turning from hardware to software or hardware sell <laughs> as part of the software. Yep. I, I, I see this as a major disruption in the med tech industry where we have some laggards who hasn't figured this out yet. Do you agree? Yes.
0: Yeah. And then we talked about the FDA and the EMEA. Do they understand this? They have been really good. Okay. Fast at adopting, uh, you know, allowing med tech devices that are like software devices, basically on a piece of hardware, Mm -hmm. measuring Mm -hmm. your heart rate, heartbeat, and insulin, exactly. So it's really interesting how fast they have approved uh, some gadgets. Um,
3: Because I I was going to ask that if the FDA and the regulatory bodies has kept up with the AI and software uh, transformation of the world. And in some ways, I think they have. I think
0: they have. It's a very, very conservative, uh, tough regulatory environment. But actually, one of our obstacles or or, or for our uh, customers is uh, when it comes to gene therapy, for example, there are still some know regulatory things that need to be in place that are not there yet yep. like setting a threshold if you work with artificial intelligence or, or software you usually want to know as an engineer like what's good enough is it 75 percent? is it 85 percent? or <laughs> and uh that's that's a challenge for our customers they don't know or, or they don't have a, a law to follow or a regulatory framework to follow with some of the variables
3: because yeah sorry cool
1: Uh, so you don't have a like a tesla moment when you know tesla tried to launch in sweden and you know they have um continuous update of their software in the cars Mm. and they have to be certified to to drive on the roads in sweden and then basically have to get recertified for every update which happens every week yes (laughs) yes um yeah so that was a big problem and Mm. basically the uh, regulatory bodies what not was not prepared for that would you say the the um, the swedish fda is better equipped to, to handle this or but it's true
0: you cannot just do a software update without knowing if that software update is good you have to certify it because it's, it's about safety this is the same as the pharmaceutical industry i mean driving a car is not only about you it's about everybody else driving a car and you as a driver on the road you want to make sure that the other ones even if you're not driving a tesla mm-hmm. That, that, that the car is functional. Yeah.
4: Th- that's one of the complexities here yeah. with, with software AI in, yeah. in, in this environment. So yeah. updates or upgrades, re- new releases and so forth, software AI or non-AI enabled, it's for the customer when they have a process, they don't want to change that process because yeah. of the regulatory bodies. Yes. Yeah. So... Costly. Yeah, costly. So if you have some functional... Um, process that you know is working you don't want to change that so the earlier we can get in into the clinical phase or in preclinical phases with our solutions the better so what,
1: don't you foresee the problem though if you have to recertify like every time you do an update for the model that you are using or yeah, you if you go to something that? that
0: is closer to to your own life <laughs> like let's take a pacemaker yes would you be safe with having those live updates like have, of your pacemaker yes. without having them certified
1: not without but mm. i would like to have continuous update and yeah. i would like to have an automated pipeline certifying mm. that you know mm. in in normal software development you have this mm. kind of concepts called CI/CD, continuous integration continuous uh, development mm. and if it passed the test the ci part mm. it should be directly deployed and i wish you could have like a ci for certification yeah like an automated process that yeah. Are we going in this direction is, no, is no, but now
0: we're talking to someone who knows who's knowledgeable about software for me for mm. example i i know viruses i know vaccines i i cannot i cannot understand anti-vaxxers for example <laughs> no no because they're not knowledgeable but they no. get afraid so if you let's imagine someone else who's got a pacemaker who doesn't know anything about software mm. do you think they would be comfortable with having automatic updates no i don't think so not without having the certification uh,
1: if you have an fda that you trust and and you know that they are doing the best they can to do it then i would be (laughs) but but aren't we talking uh, about uh, something else i I, I, agree
3: we need the certification but we need them to have a relevant type of process around certification for the first you know innovation versus the upgrades of the innovation
0: this goes back to your where this discussion started about Uh, It takes 10 years and costs a lot of money uh, to develop a drug. Why? Because of the regulatory system. You first have to test it on on healthy individuals to make sure that it doesn't harm you. Mm. Uh, So it's easy to kill a virus, but it's difficult to do it without killing the patient. (laughs) That's for sure. So
4: you you cannot give a a drug. Yeah, well, that's true.
0: (laughs) And it's the same thing. It's not difficult to do a hardware update, but to to, to be really (laughs) safe about it. Yeah. And it's the same with the vaccine. You, you cannot give a vaccine that actually kills people. No, that's not a good idea. It's not allowed. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing. <laughs> so you have an idea. <laughs> the problem is it takes such a long time and costs. An awful a lot of money
3: so where it. do you see the trend here i mean like because software and ai will become more and more pervasive in these types of technologies mm. how is fda or how are you tackling that to get the speed up and, and and all that or i think there's a fantastic future for artificial
0: intelligence as a decision support and tester even. not not as a solution to all our problems i mean we're going to work on the climate change and cure more diseases and so it's going to be a fantastic decision support for people in many, many uh, disciplines. For example, for a physician. For a physician, they need to meet a patient, but simple things like measuring the temperature or the pulse or the heart rate, that can be automated. Mm -hmm. You can get all that data immediately and And simple things. It's
4: also an industry that it's, if we talk about gene cell therapy, it's it's pretty young and novel. So there's a lot of orthogonal methods around that and different certifications uh, around that. So we're working to create the golden standard for that, actually with transmission electron microscopy supported by our software This is too
0: high tech, as you have heard. <laughs> electron microscope, that's most advanced hardware. You have the most advanced software. You have all these experts, but when we perform, when we try to solve it, it goes fast. It's very accurate and we can charge uh, charge for it. Mm. Which makes it a business, not only research. So uh, I think the funny thing is the pace of how we can generate new uh, knowledge. It's Mm. amazing. It's amazing. It just goes faster and faster. The problem is, can we apply it to real problems? Yes. So we need more applied science probably.
1: And we need more companies that can actually, you know, certify the quality of the drugs like uh, Vironova, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree
3: it's a demand no,
1: yeah. but if we move more into i mean it's only a quarter left you know, yeah about oh, two hours,
3: there's um, a couple of more topics. Time uh, i mean like you can start i i, I, have, I have a couple of angles i would yes. like to explore but if you want to take one first
1: yeah, but then I'm going to move to some AI questions and, and just, you know, hear, you know, your thoughts about that. And and one of the big revolutions that we've seen by DeepMind, for example, in, mm. in the medical field is the alpha fold uh, model. And in short, you know, I'm not a medical expert, but I will try to explain what it does, which is trying to predict what the protein 3D structure is, given the, 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 the sequence that they have. And in that way, try to understand the function of, of those proteins in a better way. Am I correct so far, or can so you just-
0: This is hardcore Viranova. This is yes. where most of our employees <laughs> have their background.
1: Yes. Yeah, but okay. So what the, the AlphaFold thing did back in 2020 was um, they were able to predict this 3 structure, 3D structure using deep learning technologies and mm. these transformer based models, Evoformer and whatnot it was called. Uh, But they went from a prediction score or this kind of GDP thing, yeah, distance score, from around 40. And and the top score is 100%. But they went from 40 uh, first to 60 with the first version and then over like 90 uh, in GDP, very close to 100. And and they basically say that at 90, you basically have predicted the exact structure Mm. that the protein has. And in that way, can describe the functionality of the protein to an extent that is uh yeah more or less perfect Yeah, that you can just you know understand what it means what do you think of discoveries like this do you think that that's will great. have a big infa- impact on you know drug discovery in general or it, it does it, it has, has already it's it's all about
0: seeing is believing mm-hmm. so to make 3d three-dimensional uh, crystals of proteins mm-hmm. that's not uh, new it's yeah. quite old and um, but the thing is when you crystallize a protein it's not the native form of your protein when the protein is in the body is in a solution or in a membrane when you crystallize it is a physical shape and form like if you look what's the shape of water it's not the same as ice ice is a crystal form of water so the thing to to really see the proteins in their native form you have to use electron microscopy oh so this is back to the oh, nice. Nobel prize in 2000 and i think 18 cryo electron microscopy what we do right so it's about you freeze your sample and then you look at the three-dimensional uh, you know you you do it's called a reconstruction this is also hardcore mathematics and mm-hmm. software you, you have a sample then you tilt it 60 degrees that way 60 degrees that way and then you pile it all together and you get a 3d model of your protein mm-hmm. and the resolution that's like how Good the magnification is, it's, it's called measured it's called in Ångström, yes. Swedish phenomenon, of time, yeah, yeah, 10 exactly. up to the minus nine from Uppsala University. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> but but the thing is once, if you have that shape then of your protein, as yes. you, is, you mentioned, what, how do you turn that knowledge into something that how can you apply it? Yeah. So how they apply it in the, in the pharmaceutical industry is try to dock. If you have a small molecule, you try to find out where should that small molecule bind? Mm going back to the icosahedron, did someone call and, and say how many I have to reveal that before we end then. yes so so that's where this three-dimensional structures come comes in you have the building blocks the proteins you can try to dock and simulate does your pharmaceutical compound bind to it or not or right. where should it bind no. and this has been done but the problem is this is a simulation and that's good. It's good to simulate and try out. So, could, could you But you have to try it in a wet lab. Yes. And you have to try it in animals. And you have to try it in healthy humans, uh, uh, etc. Cetera, et cetera.
1: And that makes a lot of sense. So so would it be accurate to say a st- statement like this? <clears throat> you could use simulation or these kind of predictions that AlphaFool can make to try to find a potential protein uh, or some drug that you believe had the right characteristics or properties that, that you're looking for and then when you find like, okay, top three candidates for this, then mm. you can do the proper test using, mm. for example, Virinova. And, and this is a
0: much cheaper way and much yes. faster way to do a screening. Yes, exactly. But it's not sure that it works. As I said, because that's the crystal form of your protein, yeah. and it's not the native form, mm. but it works as a simulation you, to, you to try to find. You have drastically
3: reduced the time. Yes. For a big portion of the pre-work, and then when you do the wet lab work, which is quite tedious sure. and expensive, you are starting from mm. best best possible. Um, samples for so the speak efficiency
4: on, yes effectiveness yeah. that's what you're after yeah. it might not be the right choice but, mm-hmm. efficiency, yeah, but
3: you, you went from 10,000 samples yes. down to 10 mm-hmm. that has <laughs> so if you if you take this as an example
0: many big pharmaceutical companies have set up big screening labs like this testing thousands and thousands of molecules for their targets and, and but we have a, a Swedish professor Arvid Carlsson. he won the Nobel Prize by saying it's just a waste of time and money because you have to Try it in real life, like mouse model or on humans, to, mm. because it's, it's, I told you it's easy to kill a virus, but mm. can you keep the patient alive? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> so with the screening, you can kill the virus, mm. but can you do it? Keeping the patient alive. And this is the hurdle. And then we come back to updates and, and regulatory aspects. You and you
1: don't see any value in doing the simulation first.
0: Yes, okay. definitely. And it's not only about looking at, uh, proteins proteins are building blocks of bil- bigger things for example at Viranova many of us we work with three-dimensional reconstructions of virus particles mm-hmm. that's how we found, found out that the capsid is an icosahedron. Mm-hmm. maybe you can see a membrane maybe you can see what proteins are in the membrane and that's the protein that we should put into the mRNA vaccine because that's, it's on the surface et etc cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. so it it it's really it's used already
1: yeah
0: it's fantastic and it gives a lot of understanding and just by see- seeing is believing, it gives a lot of understanding about what you're working with.
3: Mm. It's,
0: it's but, very but valuable. It, so. But
3: it's back to where do you use the AI and where do you use the sort of the human or the wet lab, so to mm-hmm. speak. The, 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 so how how to get, we call it uh, augmented intelligence, uh, you know. Yeah, but still, I think they are used in, in different, paces here.
1: So yes. of course it, it's used for doing the simulation and finding candidates yes. and then you use a- AI as well Yes, yeah. in, in a more of a you know, proper wet lab kind of control con- or quality control. Right?
0: Yeah, we have a very specific application. It's only one part of AI. I mean, deep learning, neural networks mm. and image analysis. Then yes. there are many, many other forms. So what we see in, in the, the pharmaceutical industry, if you look at the big giants and what they're doing, mm. they're, they're doing more patient registries. Nice. Big data sets that are common Try knowledge, one two
3: three type stuff as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. But these most advanced things that we're talking about—that's more simulation. Mm. So I think you you probably have mm. much better examples than about no, but, how, but, how AI have. Been but ultimately,
3: AI becomes pervasive, and if you understand the core problem and what mm. data can do, you can apply it here. Is in the simulation perspective. Yep. Here is in the quality. Uh, assurance perspective Mm -hmm. and here we have it in the trial perspective and all of a sudden we are are actually proving from one uh, core domain how ai becomes pervasive and it's not like someone sits on the high fly and do an end to end ai no it's a narrow ai problem here it's another one here and it's a Mm -hmm. third one here and they're all and if and you know the compounding effect yeah of how ai is then improving the end-to-end value chain is absolutely massive i think what's really interesting is
0: artificial intelligence that is unbiased
3: i mean (laughs) Uh, when we haven't told
0: them what's true or false if we gave them the if we give them the data feed the data and the ai tells us what's in it that that's really really interesting and i think a lot is going to come out of that because Humans we try to cheat and we do errors and things. Mm. And computer science is really about feeding the computer with what it's they so should very do. Yeah. In that way. But <laughs> what's interesting is to see the other way around. You can but Give a data set, th- and let th- the this is the whole
3: topic you. of you know ethical AI. And we put harder you know with oh, this is bias, this is bias. Come on, what yes. is really bias is the human. Physical yeah, processes. But I have to also give a
1: short. Uh, but who's right and who's later. wrong? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but
3: unfortunately, no,
1: I'm, I'm also reviewing a bit of a regulation coming up in EU, etc. From mm. the upcoming AI Act, etc. And uh, there is one statement that says, if you want to use a data set for AI, it has to be completely error-free and unbiased. you're
0: explaining why we don't have any tech giants in europe
1: (laughs) gdpr yeah exactly i mean it's horror yeah it's just beyond beliefs in my view how how they can even write that Mm. but also bias can be i I think you know bias is not always bad i I must Mm. and what i mean with this is the right type of bias is really important And then there are bad biases. So, I mean, an AI algorithm, if you have a data set without any biases, it will be completely random. Hmm. But then if you have this kind of subjective biases that comes outside of the data set, which humans has, because they use, you know, knowledge from other reasons that is not really connected to the problem you're trying to look at, that's problematic, that's subjective. So, I mean, the the term bias here is a
3: bit uh, ambiguous, you know, Some, some bias is good. Otherwise, yeah, we generally talk about bias as something bad. I mean, like, you yeah. know, in all our conversations and you're trying to highlight that. Well. You can also highlight that uh, bias is the reasoning or the, or the bigger intellect of, of, you know, the general intelligence of human yeah. directing the algorithm in a certain way. I mean,
1: sometimes the gender bias is actually a good thing because it's really, you know, it's useful information, but it has to be related to the problem at hand. Mm-hmm. If it's We're coming completely, to very
0: philosophical questions here. Yeah, what's right and what's wrong yeah, and exactly. it's very no, challenging.
1: I think, you know, you, you need to keep it objective, you Yeah, know. If but you there are there many other
0: drivers? I mean, the technical development? like storage of data, computer power, there are so many other drivers. So mm. and that's the nice thing with um, fundamental research or basic research. Mm. You don't know what the next, next big thing is. Yeah. So that's why we do basic research because it's it's not random but a little bit random. Yeah. We really don't know today what's going to help us tomorrow. Yeah. So knowledge in any form is good. Technical development in any form is good. All kind of knowledge can be misused <laughs> i mean yes exactly you no know, physics you can make a uh, nuclear weapon but mm. it can also be used as an energy source yeah.
3: so i want to go into one uh, used, uh, maybe a com- from a completely different angle a, l- a last topic uh, before we start doing the rounding off questions and i just want to take the opportunity so here we sit with veranova uh, um, a scale up company and that is truly core business, part of the in- intersectional innovation between data, AI software, and, and, and a medical domain. And one of the things I think is important is, you know, how do we get the mid-sized companies of Sweden part of the data and AI software journey? Yeah. We have the tech giants over here, and we, we see the industry giants in, 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 in Europe. They're trying to get their stuff done. And I'm talking Scania, Vattenfall, and all that. How should the mid-sized company think about all this? Should they sort of sit on the sidelines? Should they get in on the game? What What is your tip and advice? You are living the dream, that, you know. In my opinion, of of the, mm-hmm. of the future scale up. But what about the mid-sized companies who has who has still there as part of its core domain? They're hardworking. Yeah. What should they do? How should they think?
0: So, first, it's all about entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. So, if you have a company and you start a company, you must have some a really, really strong driving force behind it, mm-hmm. who's uh, it's like Rocky Balboa. It's, it's about <laughs> how many hard hits you can take, not how many you can give, yeah. because it's a challenge, especially to you know commercializing something, finding a business model. And the problem is usually raising funds. Mm-hmm. So this question about having Swedish unicorns or big tech mm. companies in Europe is, one thing is about funding, mm. and funding is not as good in Sweden uh, when it comes to the bigger amounts of money. As in, for example, in the U S right. but when it comes to funding for startups, we're, we leading mm. for sure. And there's a lot of, uh, soft money, as we said, like grants to test things out, yeah. make a prototype. What we're good, what we're bad at is the scale up. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. DC. So scale up can be either money like investments. And I think, unfortunately in Sweden, we go to the stock exchange a little bit too early with small and medium sized companies. And that kills many of them. They become like dead fish there because there's no liquidity, they don't raise more capital and they have to work with investor relations rather than with sales and marketing and, and product development. Core product development. Yeah. I think one 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 way we've used it is partnership. So we're a small company in Sweden and our main market is, uh, well, it's Europe, US. But when one of our customers was bought by, acquired by a Japanese company, Takeda, mm-hmm. then we partnered with Hitachi and it's the third biggest market for us is Japan it's a challenge as a small swedish companies to to conquer japan mm. you know the the song but maybe hitachi is a good That's idea the song, not lost in japan but yeah you know, something yeah, yeah. Uh, so so to par- partner i i
3: know alpha will Yeah, big in japan yeah yeah. We, 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 we. <laughs>
0: well, thank you that, i think it's the rum or the beer <laughs> something for the app. we're going to yeah. big big japan. We're gonna we're gonna start to speaking in japanese in japan. soon but i think <laughs> partnership is one more yeah, yeah. Collaboration partnership. Yeah, collaboration, because I think business is also uh, all about sharing. Uh, Like we said, mm, recruiting people is about Mm. sharing success. When it comes to business is about sharing revenues with your shareholders Mm. or your partners. It's much easier to do business together. A win-win is better than lose-lose. And it's the same, if you're a small Swedish company and you want to enter and become big in Japan, partnership is a good thing. Either an investor, investor or a company, et cetera, et cetera. I think one big benefit with Sweden is uh all the big companies with a lot of senior management that have uh experience, they work uh, internationally, they are the best investors in Sweden actually, besides the entrepreneurs that have the cash. So go and go close
3: of, to one of the big Swedish giants.
0: Partnership with the Swedish big companies and Swedish big companies want to partner with small Swedish companies, but uh, that's like mm. working at inter- interdisciplinary <laughs> it's yeah. not the same language no like uh, science and business big company you know corporate. processes yeah, corporates routines. corporate routines yeah. SMEs that's more innovation flexible it's not the same thing mm. yeah. we're fast they're slow yeah.
3: and they want to be fast so in, in a way they dream about this and you mm. dream about that so th- but so but they in have, have the resources
0: they have the money so they should be a good senior seat. management it's it's a great fit but I what think. is the
3: problem the problem is the lingo and, and it's, uh, you know in, in this partnership why doesn't happen more
0: uh, the, the, it's all about entrepreneurship grit and stamina mm. if you want to do something it's uh, what what do you usually say it's all in the execution mats uh, no yeah. no
4: it, it's all in the, this you know this the doer uh, you know, no yeah. no but you know this um, henrik it's the strategy to execution gap
3: yeah how do we thank you
4: how do we mm, Diminish that gap. Yeah. And then it's about endurance. Let's go from uh,
3: slideware to hardware. Yeah. yeah. PowerPoint. Yeah. To yes. execution. Uh, yeah, but exactly.
4: <laughs> execution is strategy and vice versa. No one of those. Uh, Management consultants. Uh, no, no, but they coexist and no one goes before the other one. They are equally important. That's one thing. Mm. And then I would say also we on a greater level in Sweden, if we want to talk Sweden, that we, if we don't have the endurance, to let some of these companies in the scale up mode to have the endurance and they go under the quarterly economy yeah. where they need to show up mm. with red or black figures, uh, figures every month. with expectation management. Um,
1: yeah. What's the figures? quote here? It's, it's 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration, right? Yes. Yeah. So you have to yeah. have the stamina. Yeah. No, but-
4: <laughs> It's hard work.
1: It is hard
0: work. It's, it's not, there is no overnight success. Back, back to Ingmar Stiermark. The The more I train, the more lucky I get. Yeah. And, and you look at some of these unicorns
3: and oh, they got so big in one year. No, work. they were hard working 15 years and then they got yeah. the money. And you saw, or you they saw have, have a, a good years. backup from the beginning. You like notice. if you
0: have a very strong VC or PE behind you, it goes a
3: little bit uh, faster because they know. But then we can get into the new topic. We shouldn't start at bootstrapping versus VC, you know, mm. that, because is it really healthy all the time to take VC too early? It, it really depends on, depends on what on. you're working
0: with a, a vc wants well there are more there's no venture capital risk capital it's mm-hmm. just there's just money there's there no risk money. in it the the, the the lower the risk the more capital you get <laughs> it's like the bank if you have money you can loan from the bank if you don't have money don't even, don't even go to the bank so venture capital is uh, if you have a simple business model and, and you can define your market and your customer scale. and your business model and you want to scale up yeah, go for private equity or, or VC. I think what's encouraged nowadays is entrepreneurship and I like that. And we should encourage it, like especially it in Sweden, because we have this social security system that we're safe anyhow, and education <laughs> is free. So you, we can try a little bit more.
3: We should, re, we should use our system more for entrepreneurship. Yes,
0: definitely. <laughs> and we have a few role models that Even from before, like IKEA and and things like that, uh, big companies made by like one person in their lifetime—it's huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, but in my company, that's amazing, Mm -hmm. amazing. And now we have, all, especially when it's software in, in like Spotify or um, Minecraft, just like computer Clona games. Or Clona, so I many, yeah yeah, you yeah, a Nova, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so, fantastic. Yeah, well, it's, it's- uh, I
3: settle I mean, yeah. like the least-
0: There are so on. many, and I think what they're, the good thing is they're giving back to entrepreneurship because mm. they are some really, really good investors. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, the Swedish startup oh, ecosystem
3: is, is a good example. Yeah,
0: he's selling it twice or three times. Yes. <laughs>
3: That's a good, good businessman. Good <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, he's he's very nice. Mm. Wow. This is cool. I mean, like we're, we're we're running out of time. We just started. We started, uh, yeah. but I think it's the after after work that we really need uh, to come up now. We starting we're
4: turning off the camera. We're we're continuing. The, the, this the, 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 the two hours
3: is playing big in Japan now. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put on big in Japan. Yeah. and we we're gonna hear Mats. Uh, you, you, you had a guitar. spectrum. We oh. Mats uh, asked who whose guitarist is. This? It's your Goran, but let's, let's get into the guitars and the keyboard. Desperado. Desperado. But before we do that, let's, we have a couple of very simple questions um, that we always want to f- uh, finish off with. So what's next for you guys privately and Viranova? What was next? Mm. What's happening now?
0: I don't have a private life, but thank you for the <laughs> question. <laughs> no, we're in the scale-up phase and that, mm-hmm. I, I think that's fun. Every stage in the life or, or the mature, different maturity stages of a company is really, really fascinating. And being, being a teenager, that's problematic. Uh, growing up is also really fascinating because now we, now we have this problem about conquering the world, scaling up, going out internationally. It's always, you always learn something new for every step you take. This it's, is good with entrepreneurship. Cool. So now we're in the scale up
3: phase, and I yeah. think that's so that is that you know going different, more markets or deeper in a couple of markets. Or I, I
0: didn't want to say it, but it's about uh, now it's making money. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I, I would say
4: scale up is, is scaling up uh, and also scaling down on different initiatives. Yeah. Core focus exactly. Mm. Yeah. Uh, to talk that business lingo, yeah. but that, that's one of the things. And then it's the um, balancing between bootstrapping and, and finding yeah. new capital. Staying and childish while, while growing up. Yeah, yeah cool.
0: Yeah. Keep keep the science, yeah. the scientific spirit when yeah. introducing and, uh, exactly. the processes and routines.
4: And go back to this. Never lose this.
3: No. Mm-hmm. What's the
4: fundament? Okay, we have the technology, we have the data, and so forth. But without team, the art and the team heart, and so the forth. Passion. We can
0: trash it. Family, yeah. I mean, we're working in medicine, but you know, it's quite easy. It's just about sleep, exercise, <laughs> diet, and if you add some friendship and love in it, you don't need any medicines. <laughs> you know? So it's just to try to simplify your life and enjoy what you're doing. Like if you work with your passion, that's the best thing in love life. It. So it's another
3: T-shirt, I think. You know. Yeah, work with your passion. Yeah, or which, which yeah, one? That's, that's and um, last question. You know, who should we have on the podcast next? Do you have any recommendations? You, t- you highlighted maybe some of your superstars. I, th-
0: I think we, yeah, I think I could come up with uh three or four people you should have here. So, 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 so do,
4: you do some you name deep yeah, But, but so, deep diving in. in yeah. You, diving how many and can and so you forth? fit on
0: this side of no. the table? But uh, two or three, I would say. So uh, Gustav, uh, head of R&D, he knows artificial intelligence. Uh, Martin. Yeah. I Martin is doing a PhD in artificial intelligence. Ida Maria, soon Ida to be Maria. professor in image analysis. That's would, three.
4: Yeah, I would say Saba Hussain Gore, to yeah. get the application specialist. Yeah. So, so
3: basically you're only pitching Vernova people, right? <laughs> oh, now. Okay. oh, oh you <laughs> no, 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 no. So I'm just <laughs>
0: pitching geniuses <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> who are knowledgeable about what you do. Ah, okay. Yeah, because I think we missed something. I, we didn't dig deep into the, the you know, computer science and artificial yes. intelligence more about the application but if yes. you want to dig deep into you know they I can great. talk, talk uh, so that about could it. be fun we, we yes.
3: because we want the balance between the business the regulatory and the real hardcore ai mm. nerdy stuff mm. yeah so because both both are necessary both mean, are necessary basic mm. research and and applications all right mm. i think that's a wrap and thank you for an awesome conversation and now we continue off camera. Thank, Thank you for you. your
0: hospitality. It was yeah. great being here. This was oh, very awesome. Cheers, awesome. Very Cheers cool. to Goran, Göran. Go- Goran. Goran. Goran.
2: Goran, Goran, it's Goran. Thank,
0: Goran. Thank you. Yeah.
2: For passer- great. Take care, right. guys. Cheers. Bye bye.